everyone, welcome to episode 588 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street spoiler free podcast with me, Gemma. Hello, I am here too. Michael, that is. I thought you were doing your funny voice. Hello, it's me. <laughs> Lou Donahue. I'm a cockney, innit? Innit. We're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 7th and the 11th of August. That's episodes 11,024 <laughs> to 11,029. Uh, were you kind of considering whether to mention the year then or not? Yeah, it felt yeah. like there was a pause. I mean, no, for it. I always, this is whenever I say the something to the something of August, I always want to say in years ending in a three and an eight. No, no that's to come later. That's the quiz. Oh, we're back. We're back to normal schedule and everything. Corey, this week, tell you what, there's been lots of discussion about this week's Coronation Street Online, haven't there? People enjoying it, people finding it bog standard. <laughs> people having to defend themselves <laughs> I, I, you know what I, I, I wasn't sure about Monday's episode I actually went back and I watched Monday's episode a second time because it seemed like my view didn't align with the majority but you know there, it, I don't it know what some... you want out of life Michael nothing I, I was, I'm perfectly happy with how I came down on Monday's episode but there were definitely bits that I really very really enjoyed about it as well so I'm looking forward to talking about that later it was, it was an alright week in the whole so it's going to be it's going to be a good old discussion but it is quite a late start with for recording tonight yeah. isn't it so um Better not blather on. Just get straight to the quiz, darling. Oh, okay. Please. I've hidden I've hidden the quiz book so you can't you can't hide, you can't pull you it out. Wanna, you don't want to mention tease our me with it. Instagram. Oh yes! Oh yes, we could mention our Instagram thing. Gemma's mum and dad have got two new dogs. Two puppies. Very exciting stuff. That's our news of the week. Yes. It's not our dogs, because you know. No. Gemma's been on at me for getting a dog for about twenty years. Michael won't get me a I've dog. not caved in. But I do appreciate other people getting them. And I literally, I think that's, I said to you when we went to visit them for the first time the other day, I think this is the first time I've ever actually, like, stroked a puppy. Yeah, you've never interacted with a puppy before. I don't life. think I had. Which is that, absolutely tragic. Well, it just kind of, the, 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 it fell asleep on me like a cat, so I was quite enjoying it. It. Uh, her, her. Yeah, we've got, not we've got, they have got two little black things. What are they? Cross between poodles they're, they're... and Jack Russells. Jackapoos. Yeah. But they and, just look like tiny black Labradors. And we have helped name them. They're yes. called Jack and Annie. Yeah. After, after Jack and Annie Walker. Because your parents so wanted... Cute. They were looking for kind of old-fashioned-ish names at first, weren't they? Like well, I sent them through. Martha and Minnie. And... I've got a list of dog names that I've been collecting for about... <laughs> 20 years since you've been asking me for 25 years, actually. And um, I sent them my list, and uh, I think on that was Minnie and Martha. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's great. But then, turned out Martha was actually Arthur. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. They were sold <laughs> two female dogs and one of them had a winkle. <laughs> well, we didn't ask the dog how they identified. We're just going on the basis of genitals, which is actually uh, not, not the done thing these days. <laughs> so the dogs, we don't know how they identify, but one is a, one is a boy dog and yes. one is a girl dog. So your dad wanted to call it Jack and your mum was quite into Martha as the female name. No, Minnie, because Minnie, she's yeah, very yeah, that's small. Right. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And, and I said, Gemma, we should try and get them to call them Jack and Annie after the walkers. And <laughs> yeah. they did, so fell for it. Ha. It is very cute. Mum, she is a little Annie. She's very, she's not Annie like Annie Walker. She's just a cute, sweet uh, little pup. Well, she keeps retiring to hide with the migraines like uh, Annie Walker that's did. That's I don't know. She's still getting Turn, used to us, isn't she? Well, yeah. both of them are. Turns but out that's she's, quite exciting. she's actually eight. <laughs> yeah it's been very nice so you can go and find pictures of yes. Martha no sorry Jack and Annie uh, there's, an, there's a little video on, on our Instagram of them playing with very the cute. Very cute. so I had to uh, dog sit this morning yes anyway so sorry for about forgetting our newest additions to the family darling oh, I want a dog next door's had a baby as well yeah you can't, 
Yeah. I don't know if it's Coronation Street themed baby. No, no. And they're too far away to hear baby noises on the like, podcast. But What's your baby called? Is it called Cobbles? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I, I'd name it. Oh, what? I remember... Oh, no, I was trying to remember. We we're trying to remember the name of the doll off the Argos advert. Oh yeah, what is it? Did you find out? I think it's Connie. Connie. I think, Connie? I think Connie. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. It rings a bell. That's that's what I'm going to call a child if if I have one now. I'm going to call it Connie and Trevor. Where are you going to get this child from? It's not going to be anything to do with me. No, no. Right. Right. So anyway, quiz. Seventh to the eighth of seventh to the eleventh mm-hmm. of August, kind of because I gave up. Um, years ending in 3 and 8 is where I got this this was a hard week okay oh speaking of coronationstreet.fandom.com Coropedia are now on Instagram aren't join they? them they have joined this week at I think Coropedia. they're at Coropedia yeah um, go, go and go follow and them go and follow them they've got they're adding great. some cool stuff on there yeah some good uh, vintage things Welcome and, and their maps too mm-hmm. right right 7th of August 1968 how many questions you there's got there's only 5 you did give up early didn't you no, because there's five days. I normally do five or six. Oh, you wouldn't on. even know, would go you? On go on. After escaped convict, Frank Briley traps Val in her masonette. Who raises the alarm? Ina Sharples. Yeah. 8th of August, 2003. Why does Karen demand a divorce from Steve? <sighs> I haven't reached this. No. They're, they're in 2003 on Classic at the moment, but I don't know what month they're in. I don't think they're up to August yet. Um, I'm going to say she de- maybe, this maybe is possibly the time when she demands a divorce from Steve so that they can get remarried again to have a proper present wedding. A proper present a proper, wedding. A proper big wedding. Yes, yeah. big wedding. One mark. In what year does Ken try to give Raquel French lessons? Um, 1993. Yes. 10th of August 1998, the residents are on a coach going where when Audrey Roberts' former lover, Malcolm Reed, asks her uh, to leave Alf. Did you say 1998 him. or 1988 there? 1998. It wasn't, it was, I'm pretty sure it was 1988. Um, but I'm going to say it was, it was Blackpool. Correct my question. Why don't you give me minus one? Yeah, that was, that was Stephen Reed's dad. So it was Proposition and our Audrey then. Malcolm is Stephen Reed's adopted father. Yes. Who is Stephen Reed's biological father? That's the final question. Oh gosh. So no. Interesting. No Stephen clue. fact. No Stephen clue. fact. Stephen fact. Stephen fact. Stephen fact. Some young tearaway. No, I don't know. Jeff Masters. That is an impossible question. So he could but good he, he, he could have been called Stephen Masters. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of a cool villain name. Masters of Destruction. Five, it's five out of six. That's all right. Good no, quiz. No, you got then. four out of five. Did I? Oh yeah, four out of five. I didn't want Karen properly. You got minus one again for not knowing how many points it's out. <laughs> Birthday time, thirteenth of August. Sue Jameson, who played Myra Booth, director Nick Phillips, Richard Hawley played Johnny Connor, oh, Colson Smith. Plays Craig Tinker. Uh, 15th of August, producer and executive producer Bill Podmore. 16th of August, director Alan Waring. 18th of August, director Hugh Monroe and director Jeremy Summers. Happy birthday, production <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, you know, it could mean Colson Smith gets to have the week to accept. Colson Smith, well, no, the, Richard Hawley. Cast, yeah, yeah, he gets it. He gets all the cake. Right, I think I think we better get cracking with the sweet curry talk, then, don't we? Probably, we? yeah. Let's go on to street talk. Okay, so it's time for Street Talk, and we have got seven stories to talk about today. Do you want to hear some storyline titles, Gemma? No. We are... 
Let's just get on with it. No, I've got to tell you my storyline <laughs> titles. First one I'm keeping the same as all as last week. Jenny's cat and pennies. Yeah. She can't. Okay. I mean, she she's trying to count other people's pennies this week. Um, then we're going to go on to the tie pin pool storyline, which is Stephen oh, Reed. Oh, yeah, tie pin pool. pool. I think I've used that before. I don't know. Right, I'm pleased with my next one. This is about Eliza's dad. Yeah, Dom. Mm. Calling the story Papa Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and this is quite a good one as well. You know, Lauren's got a job working at the cafe with Shona. Yeah. She's Shona's new comrade in barms. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah. um, the Barlow baby breakup. So Somebody needs to make a like a team name, a t- a, like a team T-shirt for everybody who's ever got a job in Roy's with Comrade and Barnes. Yeah, I should. We need to make that a T-shirt. <laughs> we do, we make that, that a T-shirt. Um, we have got Bernied, K-N-E-A-D, oh, that's Bur- her, doing her rubbing her massage like on Monday. Yeah, exactly. And we'll finish off with a newbie dob story because at oh. last the recasting <laughs> has happened. Yeah. Macy is gone and um, I can't remember what her name is. Billy, Billy Naylor has uh, taken on the mantle of Ruby Dobbs for the Big Shot storylines. We've got a couple of bits to talk about there. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want to do Stephen or do you want to do the pub? I'm writing down this merch idea before... <laughs> Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on Before I'm gonna you... take on the Jenny's Cat and Penny storyline then. And like I said earlier, my, my my views on this episode didn't so much align with everybody else's. And I I want to kind of try and defend myself no, with you're this. not allowed to. No, I want to. No, you're not allowed to. Nobody I, cares what you think. I loved certain bits of this episode. I was so happy that this was a proper Rovers centric episode. This is what I've been wanting. Been asking this for is it what for I've been ages. asking for literally years. And then when it These comes along, types... you're like, mm, no, 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 no. Shut up. <laughs> Back in the day, Rovers centric episodes were kind of. Ten a penny. They were there, you know. So just because so this is a, a episode largely set in the Rovers, should that mean it's a special episode? Not really. But I still enjoyed it. I think that the Rovers bar staff, the dynamics between them all, is absolutely brilliant. You know, I love Jenny. I think she's a fantastic landlady. Sally and Matthews, absolutely brilliant performance she's as always, as always week. on Monday. I think that Glenda was brilliant. Oh. Some of her Love bits that. where she like she was croaking away and trying to do a fake, uh, sort of not <laughs> fake singing, but um, you know, just singing without singing was lovely. Um, I think that you know Daisy, brilliant rounding off to that trio. To me, they're like my, my three main girls in the Rovers. Oh, really? Sean, always reliable. I'm gonna say, and I know that I'm not. That's another um, unpopular opinion, but I thought Sean was fantastic this week. And Jamagret, I love, love, love the Rovers bar staff there. Um, so all those scenes with, with them in on Monday it was fantastic. There were bits of the plotting on Monday's episode that I didn't enjoy so much. So I guess when we, we get to there, we'll we'll see it. And I'm going to say as well, I don't think that the casting of the guy to play Glyn was that great. He was a guy who's actually done stuff. That doesn't matter. Yes, it doesn't it does. matter. It does. I get that that's okay, why they cast him. I just want to say, as soon as I saw everybody, I'm going to agree with you, I thought his performance was Lackluster. weak. But as soon as I saw everybody in the Rovers dancing along to it, I was like, oh, this guy must actually be famous. Yeah, yeah. And then you looked up. Are you, are you looking him up right now? Yeah, but I'm not going to find him. I'm not going to find him. Yeah, this, this is a, a famous crooner who, you know, he, he's been on he's been on stage. He's been, has he been in movies? I can't remember. So this, this guy was the big cheese in singing back in the day but that's the thing back in the day I, I don't think he'd put in that great a performance and when he started doing his way he should have got me doing it 
I was like, not great. And ev- everybody in the Rovers was dancing along, think- looking like it was, you know, properly Lulu that had stepped out on that. And I was like, I don't buy it. And and everybody was kind of dancing around like they've been told to look like he's really, really good. And I don't think he is. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. I didn't think he was that great. There are other bits about the plot I didn't enjoy. We'll get there. So, but on the whole, it was a good story. <laughs> I don't know why I have to defend myself so much. I've always said what I think about this programme. I know, you, you, that's the thing about you. You are, like, relentlessly honest. Yes. Like, you can't sugarcoat anything. No. And if, if, I, if, I do, if I ever do anything or say anything or wear anything or, or whatever, and you don't think it's great, you always will tell me. You sometimes need to learn to shut up. Gemma. Being horrible. Is is Roy Cropper not a beloved icon of What's Coronation Street? Anything? He is also honest to a fault. Why yeah, can't I also it. be a beloved icon of this podcast? You are a beloved icon of this podcast. <laughs> oh, but thank you. I'm going to stick. That's to the, it that's the one. The good thing, like I, I can couch my um, my criticism sometimes, and sometimes I know I will not say something specifically because there's no need to say it. <laughs> Everybody can decide for themselves. It's not always necessarily... You don't need to put the boot in. <laughs> but you, you you can't help yourself, can you? No. What's the but point? But when, when you praise something, it's always from the heart. Everything is from the heart. Whereas I would be me. like, wow, that's a really cool picture <laughs> you've made out of pasta. Anyway, anyway. Um, just just so, for example. This is what happened. This is what happened. Monday's episode, Jenny is looking through some paperwork at the beginning, Daisy's scrubbing away, they're preparing for the Newtons to come because their idea is that they can convince um, Newton and Ridley to buy the pub, everything's going to be saved apparently, but disaster strikes Gemma. What happened? Glenda's lost her voice. No, I can't believe it. True, that she's been practising all night. That was Tragedy a silly strikes. move, Glenda, <laughs> you donkey. I... We have had a little bit of Glenda singing on the show, haven't we? Was, when, when Estelle yeah. turned up. They, they did They did have a sing, like, yeah, maybe a couple of lines. Otherwise, I would have said that this was one of my funny, my favourite long-running jokes. I think they shouldn't have let her sing when she did. I, Because th- I think it's really funny that they've hired somebody. I don't know how much of a joke it is to everyone else, but to me, it's, it's really funny. They've hired somebody famous for singing. And they, I tell you what, you she did a better job than Glenn Young if no, she had been Do you think they're like, they're like, now, Jodie, listen, we know you've, we've hired you for your singing voice and your, your well in your charisma, but we went down this road with Barbara Knox and now you can't <laughs> stop her from can't singing. Shut her up. <laughs> Although, again, didn't have Rita having a, having a boogie, having a sing, sorry, I think, on Monday episode, did we? I think they cut those scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, don't worry, Babs. Don't worry, everybody. I'm, I'm just ad-libbing this, says go Babs. Go <laughs> on, you can do it. Let's go. <laughs> um, anyway, so Glenda can't sing. What are they going to do? Don't know. First dilemma. Meanwhile, over in the cafe, you got Dart's team, George, Gary, Sean, all thinking about what's going to happen to the pub here. It's potentially going to close. Judas team. Sean, Sean's like, I don't really care as long as I still got my job at the end of it. I don't, I don't well, really you're mind. Not get the- but I do think you should come along to this thing tonight at some point. Tonight, this afternoon, I don't know. Well, this is one of my problems. One of my few problems. Oh, no, God. With Monday's episode, when was it set? Did they say what time it was all happening? In the back of my head, it's like, I've got seven o'clock, but I don't know whether I made that up. But when Henry and um, George, so Henry, <laughs> Henry, <laughs> Henry and Philip turn up, there's a whole lot more episode to go, isn't there? 
and it doesn't start getting dark or anything. So I was like, I, I, I'm... Yeah, it was very... The, the time was weird because it, at one point it felt like they had an evening and then it went back to the afternoon. Mm. But I'm not sure where I got that impression from. I don't know, but, you know, maybe that's why the Rovers still wasn't as packed as I'd have liked well, it to have been. It was nicely packed. It was the, but There was probably more people that we'd seen in the Rovers there than we have done in the past five years. But I'd have liked there to have been a few more, like, proper legends in there. I mean, great. They I had, think they had a great... They, they, had, they had Debbie Turner. Oh. They had Vinny. They had Gary. They had Izzy. They had George. Um, I can't remember who else, but I'd like to have seen you know, Rita. What, what, no, Rita was there, wasn't she? I said Rita. Yeah, well, yeah, she was there. No, I just said I'd have liked to have seen, like no, having Ken turn up there or Sally, maybe. I don't know. I, but anyway, I'm Ken's just, sitting the other side of the believe wall. Believe it or not, I'm just nitpicking at the moment. Yeah, Ken's probably Ken's enjoying. Ken's sitting the other side of the wall with a snifter of brandy, chuckling to himself, going, oh, "I don't have to pay to go in there. I can enjoy Glyn Young from here." <laughs> Yeah, Ken probably loves Glyn Young. Um, Glyn Young, played by Billy Boyle. You have found this out now, have you? Yeah, uh, you said you reckon he was 80. Yeah. 78. Oh, close. Okay. And he is so famous that he's been in a film called It's Billy Boyle. So well, there you go. I've never heard of he's him. He's a oh. veteran of of um, the West End, having been the lead, having the leading role in 15 productions. Well, so you he's know. better than you. Elvis is quite a famous singer as I well, think but I don't actually, think they'd have wheeled him out for this week's episode, would they? Because that, he's dead. Because he's actually uh, famous for the novelty song "My Baby's Crazy About Elvis" <laughs> from 1962. <laughs> anyway, anyway, as anyway. I knew, because. Uh, Big, so, big Billy Boyle fan here. Glenn, Glenn Young is the the old codger that Glenda's How managed to um, cajole into coming One along for the Rovers you know. today. I know. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I hope people are still hiring me for my. What? vocal what? talents when I'm what, 18 what can you bring to the table um an amazing Adam Barlow accent right <laughs> they'll be hiring me for that I'll say look to save pubs in he the... might be old he might be a bit stinky but I'll tell you what he is honest <laughs> if he doesn't like something he'll tell you about it you'll be able to do Alina's grandma when you're old just by That's doing true. your normal voice yeah, I'm suddenly going to become, uh, like, from some random... Aging Romanian. <laughs> Eastern European non-specific country. Anyway, anyway, so we did race. So um, Henry and Philip have arrived. Um, Philip, who had been in the show 20-odd years ago, and he makes a, a, a reference yeah, to bet. his previous... Dalliance. Um, mm? Dalliance for Bet. No, no, it wasn't his dalliance. It was his dad's dalliance, oh. wasn't it? It was Cecil's dalliance, but Philip had been in it at that time. Because... Just think how close we we were to Henry Newton being Bet Lynch's son. <sighs> yes. Grandson. Grand. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, he he's there and he is he's he's proper northern, isn't he? Is Philip Newton? Philip Newton's like, this come was... on, lad, let's go down to Rovers. I, I had many and Henry's a... like, okay, father, yeah. let's go to the drinking establishment. I had many a nits to pick about Monday's episode, but this wasn't one of them. You no. really didn't get on with the fact that Philip was also not plumby. No, I I know that he's already been established as a as a hearty northern lad who enjoys a pint. But... I don't know. I, mean, I can't even remember what his voice sounds. Well, you know the Newton it? family. We know that they're you know proud northerners. Yeah. From previous. Well, this, you know, this their relationship they reminded me a little bit of um you know in the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. The best you had... one. Yes. Well, yeah. There's not much yes. competition, is there? Um, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Salt. Yeah. He was a hearty northern lad, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Very salt. Factory, but... a plummy little. 
Exactly, Mother. exactly. And she probably got sent off to boarding school just like Henry did, yeah, as Henry. was established on Wednesday's Good episode. Say. So I, did, I didn't mind that, that they spoke like that. That was the least of my complaints. Uh, anyway, they're there. Um, and then they go around the back with Jenny making them a nice tea party in the backyard. So this is when the crowd start to arrive. The crowd of Kevin, Debbie and Ronnie. Um, <laughs> and also Glyn Young, this kind of very sh- shy... Um, retiring old man sidles in through the door going, oh, do people say my name? No, he was, he was, he was Irish, wasn't he? Yes, he's Glyn Irish. Glyn Young, despite having a Welsh name. Um, but my goodness. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's... Um, he's, he's you can't go around accusing people of having Welsh names. He's not only, um, you know, doesn't seem too powerful in the old vocal department. Right. He's also a little deaf as well. And he wants to have a nap. But he didn't, he didn't get one yet, but he wouldn't mind a, um, a mug of Oval team from behind the bar. I can't wait to be 78. If this is how you get to spend your days, rocking up, get Oval team, go to have a nap, come back, come down, mediocre performance. <laughs> Everyone's on their feet, cheering you. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, Daisy and um, Daisy sees them. Was it, or was it Glenda? I can't remember. And it's like, what on earth are we going to do? This guy's not going to be entertaining our Glenda's crowds ch- Glenda's thrilled. Glenda's not surprised. Well, she, she, no, she, she knows he's 78. Yeah, but I, no, no, I think she'd forgotten just how oh, yeah, long ago had, it had actually, been yeah, that she's like, seen him. Oh, yeah. So she goes, and, <laughs> she goes and gets Jenny from out the back and says, oh, I think we've got a problem, Chief. Um, and then when Jenny sees him, he's like, oh, what are we going to do now? Um, Glenn's just chuffed to see Glenda. I think it's like, a, I can't remember what the relationship was that was established. On the tree ships, he, no doubt. Possibly, possibly. Anyway, um... Glyn goes up for a sleep, as you do. Um, meanwhile, Henry's there looking at the numbers around the, out the back. He's very... <laughs> Henry, obviously, very excited about having Henry back at the moment. George Banks, sterling chap. I was waiting for the big, you know, glorious, buffoonish, um, outlandish return of Henry Newton of old that we didn't quite get this week, did we? Obviously love him, but um, he's... They've subdued his character somewhat. Would you agree? I agree. Any Anything you want to add to this? Are you going to let me dig my own grave? <laughs> <laughs> He's not as flamboyant as he used to be, but I, we know that that is a d- deliberate choice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, he, he's, I think that, that he said in interviews, um, as well, welcome back interview, that they wanted to tone him down a little bit. Uh, and, and George has said as much to me as well. Um, so I was prepared. I, I would say that when, if I remember back to, you know, what do I really, really love about Henry? Yeah. It's, um, it's his actions. It's his performance. It's the, the silly things that he does. Um, not yeah, necessarily he... his lines. So they gave him some good lines this week, but, um, they didn't, they didn't want him to go over the top in delivering them like he would have done in his previous right. stint. There were a few bits. There was like a little wink he gives Gemma on, on Wednesday that was good. So at, at this point, I was like, oh, am I not liking Henry as much as I used to? I don't know. I've grown to like him more as the week's gone on, you'll be pleased to hear. And I was also, I, I will say, I'm absolutely thrilled and chuffed that there's been so much love for Henry yes, on I wanted to social say media, hasn't there? When they said Henry's back, I was disgusted and appalled. Me too. To see the number of people saying, who is that? I've never heard of him. What's going on? Who and also who cares? Like first of all, how dare you? Yeah. Second of all, if you want to be kept in the loop about what's going on, Corey, as you guys all know, you got to listen to us and you understand what's the point Experts. of Henry. We, never get we know everything wrong. about the show. Okay, 
But um, yeah, everyone was a bit kind of nonplussed. Like, okay, why are you bringing him back? I was, I know, I, 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 I knew it. when the announcement was I know we're in a bubble. Come, I know we're in a bubble. And I was like, oh, what's everyone going to say? And I'm a bit let down by people's reactions. But I, as soon as Monday's episode had gone on, and everyone was thrilled to bits with how Monday's episode went, apart from me, apparently. Oh, God's One of the things that people were saying, and after Wednesday's episode as well, is, isn't Henry Bloody Brilliant? Keep him. Yeah. For he's he handsome. Is. He's funny. He handsome, Love him. Yeah. Make him a regular character. And yes. I'm really, really, really chuffed for, I, for George for, for that. Yeah, there's the um, Coronation Street subreddit. Yeah. Um, they are they 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 can be a bit honest, like Michael. Uh, they say what they yeah, think. They just want to be me. Um, <laughs> um, we, maybe, maybe I post there. Maybe I don't. Who knows? Do you? You know I do because you saw me. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you did yeah, but then you deleted it. I haven't posted. Anyway, there. I just listen. Lurk. Yeah, so I was like, there's a, there was a Henry Newton thread, and I was like, oh, God, good God, what will this say? I'll look at it, I'll look at it. I'll, I'll hold it far away from my face so that it doesn't hurt me as much. Every comment was positive. Yeah. There was one that said, I, really, thought, really I thought it was going to be a bit like a Jack Whitehall kind of rude word. Well, I, think actually, that we, I think that we made the Jack Whitehall comparisons when he first came into the show. It's a fairly obvious comparison to make, isn't yeah. it? Because they're both similar sort of age and good looking and posh sounding. Yes. Um, George is not that posh in real life, I have to say. That was... Wow. What? How dare you? He's not! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so so I was really thrilled that everybody really, really likes him. And I'm, I'm feeling positive vibes, I'm hoping. Really, really want them to make him I a main character. Like a regular him. character. Because he is... I think he's great. I know that some people didn't like him before, maybe because of how outlandish he was. Um, watching yeah, so maybe some the subdued version is some, right. Some of the stuff this week, it felt like I didn't get enough Henry. It wasn't quite as in your face as he was. But I'd rather have Henry back at all yeah. than have Henry one hundred percent agree being you know in danger of being being axed because he's too X Y or Z. Yeah. Um. I I think he's a difficult character because he is not northern. He doesn't have a northern accent. Mm. I think I don't know where he's supposed to be born, or if he thinks of himself as northern. Well, no, I, no, I imagine he is northern, but well, I'm just picturing. I mean. I'm just imagining he got sent to boarding school down down here. I don't know. I don't know. I will um, speak proper. God's sake! <laughs> I don't know how you would. Uh, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying, yeah. Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't fit in to the rest of the 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 voices that you hear on the show and normally. When you don't have Northern Act on Coronation Street, you stick out like a sore thumb, really, don't you? Yes. And it's and you Stu. kind of have your Stu. what? No, sorry, Stu is Northern, isn't he? He's just oh my God. he's just the wrong Northern. <laughs> if, no, you can't say that. <laughs> he's just Northern Eastern. So you know you get someone like Lou and Rufus, with then you know, and even Mike Baldwin. Yeah. He he lasted a long time. And spider. Spider. Yeah. So um, I hope Henry remains for as long as possible. And I was very happy, as Michael said, to see that people enjoyed his um, performance. And I, I, and I, again, much better than Chutney. <laughs> no, Chester, Gemma, Chester. I'm going to call him they, what I like. It, it makes sense for him to be a little bit less exuberant and more got his head screwed on for what they want him to do. Because they've got him in the role that, yes, they've got Philip into the show as well but really this is not a Philip Newton story this is about Henry isn't it yeah. so if they want if they need to have him know what he's talking about with the books and 
and, and buying and selling and everything like that. So if he'd been, you know, falling over himself, getting drunk all the time, it, it, it probably wouldn't have worked. But as you said, I'm definitely on the side of I'd rather he be back at all. But Monday's episode, him coming in and being a little bit like that, I was kind of feeling like, oh, and it kind of disheartened me a little bit for the rest of the episode. And I think that then affected how I reacted to some of the other things that happened in the episode. That's sad. It is. Yeah, I know, I know. But I back up again by the end of the week. Don't you worry about that. Well, I think Henry was great and Monday was great. And I think that you're crazy. (laughs) And I am disassociating myself from this podcast. (laughs) So um, where do we even get to? Um, so that, that, Glenn, Glenda's like good, good God. Glenn he's Young's, older than I remember. Glenn Young's offering. Henry's that. looking at the pit, at the numbers. And I don't know. I he wonder says how that many... they're Aladine. <laughs> I want to know how many seconds it took them to come up with the surname of Young for this character as well. Wouldn't it be funny if it this be funny old if... guy is called Young? <laughs> Classic comedy. Think... comedy. Mm. What? <laughs> Roll your eyes at me. <laughs> you know, sometimes we we flirt with the idea of having this be a video podcast that we can upload it to YouTube. We <laughs> couldn't be able to do it because I give Michael so many looks. Sometimes when he won't let me speak, I poke him in the knee because he won't shut up. <laughs> sometimes when I'm being too honest, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, sometimes I have to... So, sometimes I, I do that cutthroat gesture because I need the wee or yeah. go and get another drink. <laughs> Wouldn't work on YouTube. Um, so... Jenny's uh, thinks, oh, uh, this guy's uh, dead to the world upstairs. I'm going to have to tell these gathering crowds that the the party's off. So she clinks her glass and is just about to cancel when, hurrah, Glynn emerges to a round of applause. And it feels like some of the other characters have heard of him (laughs) and a lot haven't. And he goes over to the the, the side where the, um, the mantelpiece is and he starts doing his singing. Well, and everyone's like, whoa, yeah, you're amazing. Woo, woo, woo. And they're all dancing around and they're having a bop. And I was watching it going, I, when he started, literally, I kind of looked at you and I'm like, oh no, he actually is bad and it's going to save it. And then everyone was dancing around. It's like, oh, we're supposed to think he's great. And I'm really, really, really sorry, Billy Boyle. You're not my bag, baby. You don't have to be so horrible. I'm not being horrible. I was surprised. I I think we needed everybody dancing to to get that they were excited. I don't. I just wish that he'd been able to give a more powerful performance. I think his hearing aid was still turned down too low. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. So they're all dancing along. Everything's going great. Philip Newton is getting up close and personal with Glenda, much to her. Yeah, much to her annoyance. And Glenn finishes his set, goes into the back room with Glenda, who can't wait to get away from Philip's wandering hands. But then they do the other thing that really got my goat on this episode, which is using the old microphone still switched on and in the room with people that are saying uh, that are bad mouthing somebody who's over by the speakers trick. And when they did this, like for a second, I was like, oh. I did actually go, oh. And then, but then I was like, oh, but they just, did this just recently. They literally what, like had a year this. and a half ago. Yeah, it was. It was about a year and a half ago. So filled with two owls birthday party yeah. when Mimi's out in the back with Tyrone, was it? And she's there slagging off Fizz, I think it was. I can't remember who the, the characters, but 
and then even then it wasn't a fresh idea but for them to pull that one out of the bag again I was like, <laughs> oh no that's a bit too cliche do you know who would really love henry who? mimi would love him oh yeah definitely she she would she'd she'd have him for a son-in-law wouldn't yeah she? she would yeah um anyway i don't know well, you know, he, we, on we, saw, we saw Phil and Tyro with that concrete fight, didn't he? And people were imagining all sorts mm. from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they wouldn't have uh, said no to Henry of uh, throwing his probably not <laughs> throwing his hat into the ring. Get danger well. money. <laughs> um, anyway, so Philip over here is Glenda telling Glyn what a dirty old perv this guy is, and he's like, "I've never been so insulted in my life." Jenny rushes to unplug the speaker and blame it on Ken's. Bluetooth getting through the wall, which felt a bit kind of weak for me, and it certainly didn't work on Philip. Um, but he, Phil, it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm off. I, Jenny rushes back into the room at this point, to the, the back of the room, and says, Glenda, the microphone's still on. What have we done? But fortunately, Henry comes in saying, Sorry about my dad. <laughs> he, he is a dirty old man, isn't he? Is, Set, he is. Packed him up into a taxi and taken him back home. And don't worry, it's not affected anything to do with the sale. He's like, he's he's a comedic sex pest, so... Yeah, they're that's all fun. right. That's fine. <laughs> um, so it, it seems like it's not so bad. So Jenny's relieved things have turned out well. Uh, we see Henry in the background of a scene getting a phone call. So this is the brewery who were working at whatever time of night this is supposed to be. No, sorry, it's not. It's his accountants, isn't it? Who are working at some bizarre time in the evening when it's possibly still afternoon. That sounds um, like the sort of thing you would do. Um, but then before he, we can find out what it is that he's hearing, Glenda comes rushing back into the bar saying, oh no, Glyn's having a heart attack or something. And again, at this point, I was like... Oh, mm. At this point, I almost had... Like, I was annoyed with myself because about... Te- as, soon as, as soon as he arrived and then went for a nap, I was, like, getting ready to do a, twi- a tweet that said something like, I don't think... Glenn, Glenn's making it through the episode alive. Yeah. And then I thought, God, he's going to die of a heart attack and I could have predicted it. But <laughs> I, I just I felt... I thought it was a bit too mean. I, I don't know. I, I didn't particularly enjoy that bit of the story. I just, I just think the whole thing might have been better if Glenda had been allowed to sing. I don't think we needed Glenn at all in this. Oh, Perfectly honestly, Glenda yeah, would have done a better job. Yeah, but what's going on though? What's going on? Has she got something in her contract that she doesn't have to sing? I don't know. Uh, maybe they're the, reluctant to have her singing because it would just turn into a variety act. But it doesn't of. matter. I they've don't had, know. They should have got Blimmin' Jenny Bradley singing. We've yeah, seen her do it before. We sent a performance from Alec Gilroy in the 80s. I also think we could have got a bit of Daisy Midge. We could have had a bit of Daisy Midge doing a bit of singing. Because I think singing, she can they? sing too. I think they're all disgustingly talented, and they're, they're, they should be ashamed of themselves. I, so I think, think that, yeah, ashamed. Jenny, Glenda, and Daisy. They honestly, what yes. a what a choral trio. Can we have a Christmas, Corey? You've got time to write this in. I know you do. <laughs> a a trio of singing from these three wonderful ladies. I think everyone <laughs> anyway. would love that. So I've I mean I've seen people online suggesting that. If if and when this whole brewery buyout falls through and the pub's still back in the same position as it has been with, oh, we need money, does Glenn, do, does Glenn pop his clogs, leave some money to Glenda? Because they do make a remark later in the episode saying, oh, he's got nobody. And then Glenda is the saviour of the Rovers. And 
you know, without Glyn coming in, this wouldn't have been possible. Glenda and, and Jenny being co-owners of the Rovers could be quite funny. Yeah, it could. Although, again, people have had these magnificent windfalls from random people in Coronation Street before, haven't they, without us having to have introduced them? I don't know. Jenny, love, you look really pale. What's happened? I was outside and I fell over a snail. <laughs> and he said... Oh my God, I was choking on a stone. He saved my life. Here's all my money. Take it. You need it more than I do. And it was £50,000. Wow, snail, you really shelled out. <laughs> do you like my accent? Not it's rehearsed. good, isn't it? It sounds like all of the people in that story. <laughs> all the snorts. Exactly it's what... more than snail sounds. Like. <laughs> exactly what Jenny sounds like. This is turning into a weird podcast episode. <laughs> it's because it's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm a little bit warm tonight. A little bit hot. Oh, Yeah. Might Ooh, be affecting my podcast. Your Latin blood is up, is it? <laughs> anyway, um, Glenn's having a heart attack. You know, it turns out it's just angina, isn't it? Um, we also get a scene where Sean gets talking to Debbie. She Debbie's been a bit catty, hasn't she, about the whole affair? Who <laughs> you know, is? Debbie. Oh. I, 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 yeah. I can talk. But she's saying, well, this is a losing battle anyway. Pubs like this one are history. And Sean brilliant comeback from Sean saying <laughs> I can't remember he kind of makes some comment about oh it can't all be excitement like it is at the bistro what with your armed robberies and cocaine deals gone wrong <laughs> and then he's like oh how do we do it but you know we carry on in our archaic way I found that there was some great there was some great Sean lines there was some today. great Sean moments this, this week, week. and I thought his delivery of that line perfect he was good this week yeah he was on form he was oh when he in today's yes. episode when he's told my Lou and he compliments her he's dress like, that dress is great you could wear and that you know again what? and again you could and wear again. it again I thought that was brilliant I thought that was great anyway um this little exchange between them catches Henry's attention. It doesn't particularly go anywhere later in the week, but it may well do in the future, possibly. Um, Glyn gets wheeled out by the paramedics to a round of applause. I thought it was more that Henry's attention is caught by the fact that they're discussing how breweries and pubs are going out of business. And if I was him, I'd feel like perhaps I needed to prove something about my business. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know whether I'm thinking is it establishing something between Henry and Debbie is is he going to try and, oh. not that she's got anything to do with the bistro anymore either but well we'll see I won't don't we? know. Um, anyway Henry asked Jenny round the back for a private chat and he says sorry we can't buy the place the accountants have had to look at the books and it is not looking good um, so it's all over um, he he gets out a very handily available um, property development card from his wallet he say, look, and says, look, Hugo, here's, get here's it a, turned into flats. Here's the name of a developer. At the moment, they're knocking down a, a pub in in the, in the Midlands, Crooked House. What? Did you not hear about this? No. Oh, this yes, the one that caught on fire. Pub caught on fire, and then within four hours, they're demolishing it and they're not allowed to he's like they're busy doing that at the moment but they'll be more than happy to come and destroy another icon of the local community <laughs> just give them a ring um jenny's oh fuck, i felt so bad for she was so she's welling up she, she's like good. this isn't what i want at all she Turn it into loves flats. that pub to be fair to be fair mm. the one thing they need in coronation street is more accommodation hmm. They need flats. There are people kipping on, on in stacks on sofas up and down that street. If they turn the Rovers into flats, you know they just use it as an excuse to introduce another five families yeah, that they, they wouldn't know what to do with. So no, no thank you very much. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, George comes round to the bar later and apologises to Jenny for the whole darts debacle the other day. And he's like, oh, now it beats the Rovers. He leaves, everybody else goes. And uh, Jenny has to take that opportunity to break it to the rest of the bar staff that the brewery's not buying. Uh, Glenda's out of the hospital with Glenn still at this point. So it's, it's Sean and it's Gemma and it's Daisy. She doesn't go into why, just says it's a business decision. Rovers just isn't profitable enough at the end of the day. And everyone's kind of sad. Sean says, look, missus, if you can pack the pub like this out on a Monday night, didn't even have to do a quiz or nothing, you can do pretty much anything. Basically gives her a don't give up speech. And it cuts to the to like four people in the corner with their arms crossed, looking pissed, <laughs> looking annoyed. Looking you can peeved. That. Looking peeved. That's too hot to believe right. it. Um, and they're like, we were here for the... The Monday quiz, but <laughs> yeah, they you know, probably were. If we're not going to do it, then we won't bother coming back next yeah. week. Stu and Roy are there in the corner. Stu's like, Come I on. looked up the order of the planets. <laughs> <laughs> Final scene of the episode. Mwah. Jenny in the dark. Oh, I love a nice nighttime scene in Coronation Street. Sad Jenny, yeah. sad. It was a little bit like. Um, was it the end of the 10,000th episode when Rita's looking yeah. around the pub yeah. and she's having all the echoey voices? And I was almost expecting that here, but we don't get it. Jenny's there. So, um, Jay, get your, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Glenda comes back from the hospital um, and Jenny's like, she has to then tell her about the brewery pulling out and saying, it, it wasn't anything to do with you. Don't worry, we just haven't got I haven't got the money coming in. Nothing they could have done and that day had, would have made any they difference. Had a, they have a lovely hug. Yeah. And, uh, and Glenda says, look, I don't care what anyone says. This place is a goer. We'll find a way to make it work. Oh, Glenda, I love her so much. She's I brilliant. love her. The, I love her. The, yeah, but last week, don't forget, she was out the door going, I found somewhere else to to rent because you're putting my rent oh, up yeah, £10 a week. <laughs> She's a bit of a fair weather friend, this, this woman. But she was so, so good in this scene. They got such yeah, a great was. relationship. Those, mm-hmm. That bunch. She heads off to bed. Jenny's left alone having a look at this developer's car. She... Try, gives it a punt and tries ringing them at whatever right, time sorry, of night this busy. is. Um, says, look, can you can you speak to me tomorrow? Give me a ring. Then she goes up, locks up and says sorry to Betty. I know. Betty's like, down. I don't care, I'm dead. I'm permanently smiling. Oh, Betty, <laughs> I'll still be smiling what, as the wall crumble around Betty me. Betty laughs down at so much tragedy in that pub. Don't she? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how what? long that Betty portrait's going to stay. They've got to stay. There. It's got to stay there for the rest of the time. The pubs. Is is it Betty? And am I going to be just controversial again here? Is she the most iconic person who's ever worked at the Rovers, or is she not? Well, I'm going to say not. I'm going to say not as well. I know that she's she's probably she must be the person who's worked there the longest. Yeah. Um I think um, I don't know when this portrait went up. It was right after she died. When? Oh, 10 years ago, 2012, she died. So it's been there 11 years. And I totally get why they would want to put that portrait up after the character died. Because obviously it followed the, the, the death of Betty, Betty Driver. But I don't, I, I don't know. I know. I think there should be. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm risking saying something controversial and, and whatever again I here. don't think it's controversial. There's lots of mini pictures of yeah, other really important people to do with the Rovers there. I don't know that that montage is really full of significant characters. It's not full of significant characters. And I'm going to also suggest, and I don't know whether, not, this, not I don't know whether I'm talking sig- out of my ass I, here I as well. I mean to the Rovers. Yeah. Not. I'm think I don't know whether that picture of Bet, um, Bet Gilroy that uh, Philip saw, whether that had just been pinned on for the occasion or whether that's always there. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, 
Doug West album big enough grave for Monday's all over every, All of these hallowed memories. And I'm going to move Boyle, on to Wednesday. Billy Boyle's raps are ringing me right now, actually. I'm just going to have to pretend I'm not in. Billy Boyle is just asking whether he can come on to the podcast. He can come on the interview. podcast. He can, he can sing the theme tune. <laughs> Shut up. Come on, Wednesday. Shut up. Wednesday. So, Gemma's miserable about the pub. Jesney says, look, don't worry, we'll manage. You've got that job at the brewery to fall back on. Anyway, that part-time job that's definitely not working with Henry Newton. Hmm? Um, and Gemma's, Gemma's like, so yes, yes, of course, absolutely. I, I'm never going to see Henry ever again. We see Jenny on the phone was to the developer the day, later. Was this the day when, when, or was it Friday? No, it was today. On Wednesday, I mean. Yes. When, when Chesney was just enjoying his day off. Just enjoying a day off. Nothing, nothing to do. You know, it's no tidy, no tidy, no no laundry, no food prep, no <laughs> shopping, nothing. What's he's wrong got... with enjoying a day off? He's a lazy article, that man. You just look for any excuse. I hate him. Tim's like breathing he's a sigh of relief at the moment. He's worse than Tim. <laughs> um, if there was a fire and it was Tim and Chesney and I had to pick one of them, mm. I don't know what I would do. I, I, re- I think I'd leave it long enough that they both died to, <laughs> to decide. But. Jenny's on the phone to the property developer later. They're going to come round, see what the place is worth. Jenny tells this to Daisy. They're both kind of miserable about the whole prospect, but Jenny says, look, it's, it's the only option. It is very I've lucky got. that she owns the whole building and the land. Now, fortunately, Steve isn't going to let this drop because he's got a crowdfunding page. He's all up, He's all about the crowdfunding after the whole Ollie thing. So he's going to try and raise some money for the pub so that they can get out of this hole that well, they're in. Well, he's not stupid. He lives next door to a pub. Yeah. You don't want to give that up. Like when we were students. You don't want, you don't want that knocking down and having flats building next to it. Thank you very much. When we were students, we lived Scaffolding next... and be back up again. Yeah. Go on, when we were students, we lived next to a Chinese takeaway, are you going to say? I and it was very nice. I for that if it It's closed down now. It's closed down now because I'm not there to buy here. banana fritters. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so yeah, he's got... He's got this crowdfunding app set up and he, he goes around the, 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 the cabin and tries, I want to know how much Rita gave because they only ended up collecting like £600. She's a, she's a little bee, that one. <laughs> what if Rita just like turn open her pockets and go, ooh, it's, it's 20p, don't spend it all at once. She's like, she, she, gives, she gives him 20p and then she pulls him by the collar and she goes, listen to me, Steve MacDonald. I gave up a friendship of 20 years up over this bloody pub. I'm not about to give you money for it now. Bugger Yeah, up. Steve is actually pretty brave asking readers to cover up for that pub considering how it went the last time. I'm wondering as well, like, there hasn't been a scene where Jenny has outright said to Rita, Rita, money what, please? Rita, what are you doing with all your money, you hoarding dragon? If you remember, when Jenny came back briefly in, yeah, what was it, 92, 93 or so? She, she wanted to set up a hair salon, yeah, she to, was it? Uh, salon. And she, yeah, she asked Rita for some money and Rita said no and that's where they had that big falling out that lasted yeah. 20 years Rita's or so. like, ha, 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 I slept my way to the top. You don't think I'm going to give <laughs> you money? Just shag around like I did. And then that's what Jenny did. Now she's called the Rovers. Exactly. And, and Rita's so, yeah. ever so proud. I think Jenny is, um, is not going to risk that again. That's why Rita's not been asked. What do you um, think she does with it? Do you think she's like, I think Rita, just, her mattress is just 50 pound notes stacked up. I, I imagine her having a big um, gold swimming pool like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> she goes swimming around in it. <laughs> yeah, but she's wearing an old lady, um, 
an old lady swimming costume with like a little um, cap with all the all the flowers on the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so they're, they're trying to get the money that way. Clearly that's not going to work very much. But it's nice community spirit anyway. Um, George is there yeah, as like well. It's like the Jeffrey so Bezos. <laughs> George says to Gemma, Oh, didn't you used to date Henry? Also I've heard. Maybe you can go and back, flat your eyelashes at him and see if you can get him to change his mind. Rita doesn't think this is a very good idea. But Gemma says, well, you know, we haven't got many ideas going around at the moment. Um, I And I am working what? with him later. Rita's- Maybe I'll give it a go. Rita's saying, don't use your feminine wiles to get money out of a man. Yes. How has it served her badly in her <laughs> years on Earth? So, um... She's like, don't bother Gemma, he doesn't look like he's about to die. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> he's still very I young. I take them on if they're on their last legs. By the way, have you got Glynn's number? <laughs> so... That's future storyline prediction. Rita and Glenn, down the aisle, Christmas wedding. She will be. She's so much. Performing at their own reception afterwards. That hussy. Yeah. Keels over. Pushing each other away from the microphone. (laughs) So, um, Henry takes Gemma to the hotel, Chariot Square, um, because they don't have a brewery set or something, I imagine. And um, he says... She says, oh, where's it? what's going on? I was, I was supposed to be promoting cider today. And he says, what's the cider just, called? We still don't know. Um, he's, he's like, I think maybe we just have a chance to have a talk, just you and me. Uh, I'm sorry I can't buy the Rovers and anything, but there's nothing that I can do. And Gemma's like, oh, really? So she puts her hands over his and flutters her eyelashes a little bit. And it seems to work. Because Henry says, well, oh, fine. I'll go and have another chat with my dad. Um... I'll be back and see what he said. During this chat, it also transpires, by the way, that he doesn't know that Gemma is with Chesney. Okay, therefore, that's very important. For therefore, later. also that she does, she doesn't. He doesn't know that she's got a million children. No, but what does come out, and I think it's a little bit later, is that he is a divorcee. So that's he's correct. given Cressa to the old heave ho by this point. So he's young, free, and single. Why not try it again? Have another punt at Gemma if he thinks that she's. Well, also um, unattached. I would. Yeah. So George is back at the cafe later, trying to raise a bit more crowdfunding cash. Although he says, "But with any help, we won't need it." Gemma's going to see that Henry Newton later. Who's there to listen in? Why, it's Chesney, of course, who looks up from his table, fairly miffed. Bernie says, "Look, don't worry about anything. Gemma's loves you, Chesney. She's going to stay faithful. It's all okay." Um, Chesney's clearly not okay with this. So he tries phoning up Gemma. Um, he's like, what, what are you doing? How, how's your work going? And she lies about the fact that she's doing this cider promotion. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm at the hotel. It's busy. It's full of promo girls and everything. Sorry, can't speak now. Can't speak now. And he's like, he knows that he's been lied to about this. Henry comes back after begging his dad. And what do you know? It worked. Philip has said that the Newton and Ridley, not only can they buy the Rovers, but it can be Henry's own special project. Um, although I'm sure he said project when he <laughs> said it to his son. Gemma hugs him just as Chesney walks in. What are the chances of that, eh? 
And then we get a couple of funny back and forths between Henry and Chesney. This is where Henry calls him Chest. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, what's your name, Chest? You know he Chester. knows. You know he thing. knows he... his name because he's the one that put him in hospital. Mm. Although, I mean, you know, going to his posh boarding school, Chesters were probably ten a penny down there. Probably more Chesters than there were Chesney in his class at probably, school. Probably, yeah, no doubt. Um, Chester, Chesney accuses Henry <laughs> of trying to steal his wife. And Henry's like, wife? What are you talking about? I didn't know she was engaged. Henry says, Look at she's got a wedding ring on. <laughs> Henry says, "She how was I supposed to know? She's wearing more jewelry than Mister T." <laughs> and uh, Chesney squares up to Henry and punches him to the floor. And Henry's got quite, you know, he's got quite a heft to him at the moment, so that probably hurt. Gemma helps Henry up, and Chesney's like, "I don't care, I'll do it again." <laughs> Not only is she my wife, but she's also mother to my four children. <laughs> and the next, we've got an extra one as well. Oh, yeah, and an extra one. And Henry's and like, bloody hell, you part of rabbit or something. He's like, listen, Henry, mum, uh, my mother-in-law lives with us. And she's balmy and she likes crystals. And her brother's got MND and one of the quads is deaf. And uh, also Gemma's got questionable personal hygiene and she loves Scotch eggs. And also we, we were going to have a deal to model for Freshco, but we gave up because we've got principles. And there's a load of other stuff that happened to us, including we were in a caravan once and I forgot what happened, but it was really tragic and sad. And um, also, don't forget... What are you on about? I'm just tell- I'm just, he's just filling him in on all the things that he missed. Doesn't need to know. We, you, were in, we were in Wales. It explains why all the children's names are Welsh names. And also, my my um, mother-in-law found the ring on the on the mountain using her psychic that, powers. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and Henry's like... So, oh, don't, don't need to know. I, I've watched the Chesney, Chesney leaves. <laughs> Henry realises that Gemma has been leading him on somewhat. Oh, no. So Gemma storms back to number five later, calls Chesney a prat, saying, look, I wasn't planning to cop off with Henry. You just happened to walk in when we were hugging. It happens all the time. Just ask around the street. She says, I was trying to persuade him to buy the Rovers um, with his pervy dad. Now we're going to be lucky if we can save either of my jobs. And Chesney's like, oh yeah, sorry about that. Stupid, bloody oh, idiot, idiot moron you are. But Gemma gets a text from Henry. Dig a ditch and lie in it. Anything else you want to get off your chest there about Chesney? Um, no, I think more things as we go. Right. So, good news. Henry has agreed to buy the Rovers. Well, so he hasn't changed his mind, basically. Gemma and Chesney go back to the Rovers and say... Um, what do you mean? Oh no, he has at this point, hasn't he? What oh, are you I thought, saying? No. That happens at the end. So at this just point, wait, this wait. is when Henry has pulled out. It's bad news. It's the opposite of good news. Yeah, Henry's pulled okay. out. He doesn't appreciate having a fist to the face. Um, so he's not buying the Rovers anymore. Yeah, good. Chesney and Daisy say, look, go and speak to Henry again. See if you can get him to change his mind back again. Um, and then, um, but, oh no, Sophia, the developer comes in and Jenny takes her to the back. Um, so Chesney then phones up Henry himself to see if he can have a word with them and use his um all his charms that I'm sure are buried under their deep somewhere. Chesney and Henry meet up in Victoria Gardens and Chesney's like, yeah, sorry for hitting you earlier. Um, still want to maybe buy the pub? And then he starts guilt-tripping him a little yep. bit, doesn't he? Saying, you know what, Henry, it's been a bit of a tough time for us winter rounds recently. And he goes straight in there with the kicker. Gemma's brother has got MND. Yeah, and if you don't give us any money, you're heartless. Yeah. Henry, nice chap, understands, shakes Chesney's hand and says, I will think about that. Um, but he um, then gets a little... He's like, oh, I, I'm very sorry to hear that. Thank you. I've got to go and look something up on Wikipedia. 
Yes. Over well, at the Rovers. I wouldn't know what it was, would you? Until we had the storyline before, before this story. If I, somebody said that I know, so, so someone told me so and so's got MND. I wouldn't know. Oh yeah. Because I, I because I, I get got confused about what what the difference is between ALS and MND. It's the same thing mm-hmm. as Lou Gehrig's disease. I wouldn't know, but now yeah. I am. I'm no, informed because yeah. of Coronation Street. Yeah. Um, over at the Rovers, Gemma says the developer has agreed to put in an offer. She's selling up. Sad times. Chesney joins Daisy and Gemma in the pub later and says Henry is going to reconsider. Daisy says, well, you know, it's too late anyway. Jenny's selling it. It's all over. Jenny heads off. Daisy and Chesney Ge- heads off. Chesney heads off. Thank you very much. Daisy and Gemma carry on moping. But then, who should come through the door? But Henry, with an Save apologetic your... smile. He is. They sit in a booth, him and Gemma, and says, well, I've decided to buy the Rovers after all. But on one condition, Gemma, you need to come to the brewery and work for me full time as my PA. And Gemma's like, no way. Henry's like, purely professional, no funny business. Although he says, just biz- no funny business is business in today's episode, doesn't he? But uh, he says, look, honestly, I've heard about Paul. If you come work for me, you're going to be coining it in much more than you would be with the doing Rovers and doing else. anything else, basically. So Gemma has to have a jolly hard think about this overnight. Uh, but she doesn't want to lose her marriage over it. So tough decision. Friday's episode, um, Gemma tells Bernie about Henry's offer. Just don't know what to do. What... I know that Chesney's not going to like it. Chesney hates everything, including himself. Yeah, so don't, right don't care what he thinks. Um, Glenda's No, down. she does. She cares about that. Mm? Gemma cares what Chesney thinks, but she's the only one. Yeah. Glenda's down in the dumps in the pub later. Um, Jenny gets off the phone from the developer. Apparently the paperwork's going to be ready to sign in the next few days. So things They're moving fast, as like, usual in Weatherfield. We've we've had a look on our uh, the right, right Move property app. And Purple it looks bricks, as though thank you. It's very hot property. That area, there's just so many inquiries for flats. Yeah, well, Millions yeah. of people gagging <laughs> for flats there. Stephen's looking for somewhere to live at the moment, apparently. Mm. Um, Gemma's like, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. This is all my fault. And Jenny's like, no, 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 don't worry. There's nothing you could have done. Case sera, sera. Uh, Bernie finds Chesney in the cafe later and says, look, can, can you just deal with Henry being on the scene? So what if Gemma wants to, uh, has been invited to go to work with him? What's, what's, your, what's your deal with him? And he's like, oh yeah, handsome, rich Henry. What on earth could my deal with him be? And <laughs> Bernie's like, Gemini doesn't care about looks. <laughs> Poor Sam Aston. Uh, Bernie says, look, if you trust your wife, you need to act like it. So, yeah, stop being a horrible git. Gemma meets Henry at the precinct later and agrees to take the job, um, as long as there's no funny business. He's chuffed that he's going to be working with her, gives her a big old hug. Goes Why on back earth to the would pub. you want her to be your personal assistant? I'm not convinced. A good question, and one I've also seen asked online. She knows what order the alphabet goes in. <laughs> I'm what not comes convinced. first, P or A? <laughs> she can probably talk the talk on the phone... But yeah, I don't know. I don't believe she would be able to answer the phone without putting on a fake voice. Hello, this is the Newton and Ridley Brewery. How may I direct your call? It's not like he doesn't know what she's like. I know. She's like, he's only hiring her because he feels bad. Yeah, I, I think so. We'll get we'll get more to the characterisation of him as a bit and whether he's a goodie or a baddie. But anyway, he wants Gemma to be a PA, whatever. I, I'm sure whatever. I'm sure he will um, regret this. I'm decision. sure there will be no scenes of her working for him unless it's at the at the hotel. Quite possibly. Holding papers probably and him going, I've got to do an important business meeting about the cider. <laughs> Have you bought the the figures? And she'll be like, Oh, I can't read. <laughs> 
um, Henry goes speaking to Jenny later. Um, he tells her, yeah, we want to buy the pub. And Jenny is absolutely thrilled at this. But what's well, the catch? She's, Nothing, She's says very, Henry. She's like very suspicious. She's bit... the, you know, the last time she saw Henry, he was pretending that she, he'd fell down the steps and trying to sue her. Yeah, so she's pro- quite right be to be a bit, um, a bit off on him. Did you say the sewer or the cellar then? I thought I said seller. Oh, I heard so. Um, anyway, Jenny shakes hands. She, she, he said, well, it, it's a risk, but it's a risk my dad's willing to take. Do you believe that it's his dad? Or do you think he's just got money under his mattress? I don't know. He's found Ria's dad. <laughs> he's like, I'm loaded. I can't it's easy come, easy go, this money. I just found it under an old lady's bed. So Jenny goes and tells everybody in the pub. Gemma's still looking a bit worried about it. But when she gets home to see Chesney later, he's like... He's he's not exactly mm. ecstatic about it, mm. but he's happy that she's going to be getting this job that's going to be getting her a little bit more money, and, and that's one thing they do need at the moment. So, oh, we're really? ending the week with things looking good for the I'll Rangers. give two thumbs down to Chesney. I know you do. He's You've rubbish. Said, he's so rubbish. You're ragging on Chesney a lot yeah. more than I, know I am on Monday's episode. So what? So, I loved a lot of this story. Like I said before... Proper Rovers episode, brilliant. Yes, the Rovers gang are excellent together. I think they are so, so fantastic together. And if this story does anything, please can it just show to everybody who's writing to them, writing for them, sorry, give them more scenes together. It shouldn't feel like, uh, you know, a rare treat to have an episode set in the Rovers, should it? Honestly, that's what it always used to be. They're brilliant together. Yes. Might I might I suggest one other Go possible on problem that I have with this? Oh, for God's sake! The Rovers isn't really going to be torn no, down, it is it? I've got an inkling that it will not be demolished like a crooked pub. Mm. And that's why the story still to me isn't mega high stakes. I it's think... about some things. Like I, I'm genuinely. I wasn't, but the more I'm reading about people's discussion online, I, I I'm not. I'm now more worried. Is Jenny still going to be in charge? That's at what the end I'm of thinking. This? I think they should have made their story. Does Jenny have to give up the Rovers? Yeah. Rather than nobody is the believes gonna get the Rovers is going to be demolished. There yeah. is not a cat in house chance that that's going to happen. So they're kind of making. The, yeah. the tension in the wrong place yeah, here. Think, oh, you're right. If this was real life, yeah, yeah maybe it would get torn it would down. Be, it would be But derelict. we know there is no way that's going to happen. When he gave her the developer's card, I was like, so what? It's not going to be redeveloped. Jenny, um, Sally Ann Matthews put on another cracking performance at the end of Monday's episode where she, the character, thought that you know, her home could be rubble within the matter of weeks. But in the back of my head, I was thinking... Nah. But, like we said, the tension to me now is, is Jenny still going to be the landlady? Because all the discussions, threads online are, oh, who do you want to be in charge of the Rovers next? I know. Who'd make a good landlady? Is it time that Jenny moved on? No. And I'm like, bloody she hell. She hasn't even had no, a chance. No, it's not. She, that's, I mean, that's, that's one thing, isn't it? She hasn't had a chance. She's been in the unfortunate position to be Rovers' landlady during the pandemic. And I know that that only, you know, showed itself for... Uh, year, year and a half tops maybe in the show, but it just feels like she, although there's been lots of great Jenny stuff, 
to me, it feels like she's only just getting started. Yeah, that's what And I, I think, think it's partly because there hasn't been very many big Rovers stories, stories with the whole gang together. If but she also, were to leave now, I would have great memories of, of her time there, but it would just feel like it was cut way, way, way too short. I say Jenny needs to stay there for at least another five years or so. What what's with the revolving door of landlords and landladies in the Rovers no, that people are expecting at the yeah. moment? What, what, yeah, the that's true. Why are they the thinking this? The thirty-five years yep. of the show, yep. we had two people in charge of the Rovers, yep. or two sets. We had the Walkers, who lasted what twenty-five years or so. Then we had um, Bet, who was there for ten, fifteen or, or, or so. They don't need to change every so often. It's only after bet that it started happening. Jack and Vera there for a year, two years tops. Then Natalie, same. Then you add Fred, Mike, Dougie there for a little bit. I suppose you could say that the McDonald's bucked that trend slightly, didn't they? Because even though there was a bit of a gap in between when the prices came in, there was a good chunk of time where the Rovers was Steve, Liz, Michelle's domain. And I feel that by the time they left, although, you know, it felt weird not having them there, it didn't feel like they had only just got here, like it had with so many of the other um, landladies. But no way is it time for Jenny to go. But I am getting more and more worried about it now because people are saying, who's it going to be next? Well, that's just silly. Do you you think there is a chance, honestly? No. No, you're making me paranoid. Like... I would be furious if this happened. I would be absolutely furious. There's no way. They, I tell you what, it, you know, I know lots of, there's loads of comments, you know, Ian McLeod this, Ian McLeod that, yada, 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 viewing figures, blah, 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 people talking, and I have, I have faith in the production team and everybody, I know that they work really hard, I know that they have set ups and downs, I understand the criticism, I don't have a massive problem with the way things are going, really, in general. But if they were to get rid of Jenny at the Rovers, it's considering they've got Glenda, Daisy and Jenny, who I think are genuinely the best bar staff that we've had in Corrie since um, Bet, Annie and and Fred and Betty. Crikey. I think that's true. If they got rid of these three, they'd, I, I would think that they should all be fired. If they get rid of Jenny, does Daisy then automatically go with her, being her uh, stepdaughter, is that her? Yeah, stepdaughter. Glenda doesn't necessarily need to go. Sean's never going to leave, you you, you know. They could could well demolish the pub and he'd still be there clinging to the walls, which some people will probably quite enjoy seeing. Um, But no, don't, don't break up what we've got. Jenny is a brilliant landlady. She's she's confident. She's, she's fantastic. She's, she's got the right amount of vulnerability, vulnerability. She's a genuine person. She's fantastic at comedic scenes, but she's also fa- really brilliant at the dramatic ones. You, she's such a talented actress. The character is great. She's a legacy character. Mm. And then you've got Daisy, who is a massive fan favourite, hugely talented as well a great character and Glenda who is just magnificent I'd be wondering like what would they do next with Jenny if they were to retire her for the Rovers anyway I can't see she feels to me a bit like what's happened to Toya where there's a character that's floundering who's a legacy character fantastic actress but there's no it doesn't feel like there's an obvious place in, Mm. in the show 
because I don't know what they do, what she, like the family, the unit, the family unit is really Nicola Ann and, and Sam and then you've got Toya hanging on and then where's her job? She works at the bistro. Does anyone care who works at the bistro? No. The majority of the landlords and landladies well, probably majority, probably not vast majority, but the majority have moved on from the show after they yeah. stopped being in charge. You know, yeah. Annie Walker moved away. Bet moved away. Stella moved away. Yeah, um, well, Jack and Toy, Vera didn't. Toya's still there. Toya's still there. And, and Jack, and, still there. Jack and Vera didn't flounder after they left. But I just, I don't know where the natural place for Jenny is. I think that she's got a really secure position there in the pub. There is absolutely no need to get rid of her. She is kind of the life, the vibrance, the the confidence, everything that a great Rovers landlady should be. And nobody should be looking and saying, oh yeah, but it's about time. No, that's And have rubbish. that as their only reason. So all these discussions about, oh, shall we put Sally there in charge? Shall we put Glenda, make her the landlady? Who else could it be? No completely unnecessary the end of this story needs to retain jenny ruling the roost in the rovers perched on that bar stool at the back of the bar sorry that's where she belongs she needs to stay there for a good five years i am not gonna take anybody seriously who tries to posit oh when's amy mcleod leaving oh coronation street's not as good as it used to be blah 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 who then posits oh who should be the new landlady of the rovers now jenny's gonna go like no you don't know what you're talking about Mm. you you genuinely don't don't know what you're talking about if you're gonna start saying oh it's about time to change and this is just a person that you've made up in my head now i don't even know who this person is but i hate them (laughs) i don't mind if other people are owning the rovers if they're saying that she's struggling and the pandemic's hit her financially they can't keep it afloat without the help of someone else fine i said last week in the podcast i don't really see a problem with newton and ridley owning the the rovers return again they owned it for the first 25 years of the program 35 years sorry of the program so why not have them in charge again if it falls through which it may well do and somebody else has to own it if if glenda's the owner maybe it, it would make the balance of power a little bit difficult i mean do you think that jenny would be able to work for Glenda, would it be working for Glenda? Would Glenda be happy to be just the barmaid if she was also the owner of the pub? I don't know. There'd be co-owners and there'd be a bit of sniping and then everyone would forget just the mm. same way that nobody really remembers who owns the cabin. The 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 other um, idea that I've seen mooted around is that the community bands together and they all buy it and because that's a thing that happens with pubs. You get members Isn't of the it? community chipping in and co-owning it. I mean, even when, when we had Dougie and Mike and uh, Fred owning it, there's the kind of triumvirate, it wasn't just one person. But yeah, apparently communities can band together and co-own the pub, a little bit like how you got your 50 centres in the factory. <sighs> but I think that because they've already got that going on in the factory, I don't want to see it in the Rovers. It feels a bit, a bit twee, to have all these long-lasting businesses that, yeah, maybe in the real world wouldn't still be standing after all these years, owned by the community because Coronation Street is all about community and family and everything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i not too hot on that idea, but I, I don't mind either way. I still don't get, you know, whoever owns it, that doesn't necessarily get rid of the problem that it's not turning a profit, does it? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know what the answer to that is. No, I agree with you. Do you think, because 
are they just going to brush that one under the carpet at the end no, and say, just, oh, we... it, honestly, I just think that this, have, I, I think the storyline's going to end with, um, turns out that Henry was not actually supposed to be able to buy the pub. He lied. His, he doesn't have any money. His dad still says no. He tried to get the money from somewhere, but it didn't work out. It was all a big ruse. He tries to get in Gemma's pants. She says no. He goes away. Jenny goes, oh, you remembered that actually Johnny left me this, um, Picasso. I should have said that first, and then and then it will just be like everyone forgets that it ever was a thing. I I, I don't want it to be forgotten. I'd hope that there is some kind of satisfactory conclusion to this because this is a real genuine feeling story at the moment about a pub struggling post pandemic, and I wouldn't want them to just sort of wave their magic wand. But I I need this to go back to everything's happy and restoring the status quo I mean, at the end of it. Coronation Street doesn't care about about pubs closing and trying to reflect the cost of living crisis. I don't know why, because I think that they could actually do it justice. They don't like putting... They don't really like thinking too hard about business. You know, they, they come up with a few ideas and, you know, you can argue it's not really their job to try to ground things in that much reality but i just wish that they would do something that changes changes the rovers slightly in a in a logical way that then makes it make sense you know like why don't they have a bigger menu why don't they start selling smoothies or you know in making it a cafe during the day or do something with it that that pubs like make make it a, a gastro pub or do something. I really wouldn't mind that whatsoever. It, Coronation Street does need to evolve to stay relevant, and so much of the street is kind of stuck in the and past. It's not, like, a bit. it's not like they have to come up with an idea out there themselves to like single handedly save the the pub trade in the UK. There's going to be people around the country who are in the same position in real life as Jenny is and they will have come up with something. They just have to look and go, that's a good idea, we'll just nick that for the Rovers and make Jenny do what, you know. You know my amazing um, idea for saving the Rovers? Make it a parcel collection depot. I hear they're all the rage. <laughs> Got that what one off it? I do. What was it that... Oh, uh, why don't they have a late license? Why don't they have yeah, late license? Why don't they do bottomless brunch? Yeah, exactly. Those are the great ideas. That why don't they just hire um hire Alia? Hire Damon. <laughs> um. So let's let's go back to the to to Henry. Is Henry on the level? Is he to be trusted at the moment? What do you think? Given the history of the character, I'm gonna say no. Don't trust him. I love him, but he is a cad, isn't he? It's a really difficult one because he came into the show being a dodgy geezer who's um, was only dating Gemma for a bet. Uh-huh. He His final story was trying to pre- um, uh, pretend that he'd fallen down the rover's stairs <laughs> and broken his arm, and it was Jenny's fault, trying to sue her, make a false compo claim. But there was a lot of genuineness about him in the middle bit. Some of my favourite Henry bits were him genuinely loving Gemma and just having a good old honest fun with her. Um, And he is coming across to me this week as wanting what's best for the pub. He's been saying, you know, this place meant a lot to my granddad um, and this is a real pillar of the community. 
Can I tell say one thing about Henry that they haven't done, and I don't know if it's just because that George Banks is such a great charismatic actor, or or what it is, but they haven't made him pretentious. No. Which uh, it was would be a really tempting thing to do with you know he doesn't patronise people really and he and he's very open and accepting of the fact that they have a completely different way of life to him and I know that sounds condescending but if you're super 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 mega rich and you come into this world of you know people who genuinely have a completely different lifestyle to you um, it can be difficult <laughs> to find common ground but he, but the character of Henry has always just been a really nice kind of open guy, even though the way he first came in, obviously he was, he was um, a bit of but, an arse. But, but Gemma opened his mean? eyes to the fact that not everybody has to be born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And some genuine down to earth people can actually yeah, be lovely. But he, I don't, I don't think that he was ever particularly toffee nosed. I, I would, I think he kind of was, and Gemma was the one that brought him down it's to earth a little bit more. But did... I think he still is a, a, a straight up guy. I've seen lots of people this week saying, "Why this doesn't make sense. This is completely unreasonable that he would fancy Gemma. Sorry, no. Gemma is a nice girl under there, isn't she? Yes, yeah, she's, got she's got some... Good heart. She's got some, you know, unfavourable habits there. But she, she, was, think... she was Henry's first... Love. Maybe. I first non boarding school love. I I don't know. Uh, So I I completely buy that he still does hold a torch for her. Um, Is he just trying to get her to work for him so that he can sexually harass her in the workplace? I kind of hope not. Yeah, me too. I think he genuinely wants to give her a job. When, um, who was it, Henry was telling him about Paul in the MND, he's not, I, I don't get. I, I don't believe that he's saying, ah, that's what I'm going to exploit, exploit uh, to try and get her by my side and I'm going to whisk her away from that that boring Henry. Oh, uh, sorry, Chesney. If, if Gemma decided herself that she's better off with Henry and she wants to leave Chesney, I'm sure Henry wouldn't say, no, 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 go back to your ginger lover. But I, I don't think he's trying to steal her. I really want to believe that, that he's just offering her an opportunity to get some money, which is which is what she wants. Um, I'm hoping that we are going to get some funny scenes with her as a PA. I think we might get something, but I don't know what. She's going to not understand anything that she's supposed to be doing. And, and perhaps there's going to be a snobby secretary who is a glossy... Um, glossy girl yeah who's like yeah, what on earth you got doing it Mr Newton her why have you hired this woman yeah maybe um, and, well, even, where, I don't know where they're going to do this even with I mean they, they've obviously they've got Philip Newton what's he going to think about Gemma being his son's PA probably not too happy although I mean he, he liked Glenda and she's pretty rough isn't she so maybe I think she's quite glamorous compared <laughs> to Gemma compared to Gemma yeah um so um, I'm hoping that say, they get some good comedy if, writers to, to do those scenes. If Henry really is still after Gemma, props to him for not running a mile when he found out she had five kids, because I would have run screaming. <laughs> We've also not had any of the classic soap, evil look over the shoulders no. or anything from him, he did look, he? He, he seems... did look pleased with himself at one point, but that was only because he had... I can't remember, it wasn't nefarious. He's... 
he seems as honest as the day is long to me at the moment, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just biased towards him and I think he's great, but I believe he just wants what's best for Gemma. Um, I may well be proven wrong. I don't know. So, yes, at times during this week, I was watching Henry thinking, oh, he's not quite the Henry that I remember, but as I'm getting more and more used to that now, I'm warming up to new Henry. I'm still absolutely thrilled that he's back and um, very, very, very happy that everybody's enjoying him as well. So long may it continue. You know what I say to you? What? I'm sorry for your loss. Move on. Um, speaking of which, Gemma, <laughs> let's go on to the Rufus um, memorial story. Tie pin pool. Uh, unless you got anything more to add no, about the Rover's demise? I think we've spoken enough and by we... I mean you. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just there. joking. My God, you're so sensitive. Just <laughs> I insult you in front of millions of people. <laughs> okay, right. Um, tie, tie pin pool. Great. Love it. On Monday, Rufus's wife, Lou, wants to speak to Stephen about nipper snapper. And am I right in thinking that now she's inherited this this interest that Rufus had in the business? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think really... that's what she was talking to you, but Carla about on Friday. She's inherited something. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Token. Whatever. Whatever business Interest. interests that Rufus had invested in. But anyway, also everyone, if you haven't heard already, trivia: the actor who plays Rufus and the actress who plays Rufus's wife, Lou. Married in real life. I know. Just like us. How yeah, exactly the that? same. Also both Southern. Yeah. Just like us. No, I don't know. <laughs> You're not Southern anyway. Um, right, so Rufus's wife wants to speak to Stephen about Nipper Snapper and he tries to get Michael to talk to her because he is... Um, he doesn't want to, you know, be confronted by this woman. But the widow of, the, of his victim. Michael is scared because he was involved in this thing at the time. So Stephen says, well, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So Lou comes in and says, Stephen, the meeting tomorrow is cancelled because the inquest is coming back to Rufus's death and it's going to get published tomorrow and I don't think we should have a meeting on the same day. In it. And also, I don't reckon he just drowned in the pool. Uh, what they said, I think there's something fishy about it. I'm, I'm going to be telling everyone who will listen, okay? So he's like, oh no. Michael tells Stephen that he's worried that this story about Rufus's unsavoury death is going to make it to the national papers and it's going to affect business or whatever. Michael went round there around the time of Rufus's death, didn't yes, he? Yes, he, I mean, he was the one who spoke to the somebody, didn't he? Did he speak to the housekeeper? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he's he's worried that he's going to get dragged into this. Yeah, I would, I would be. I'm surprised that they weren't asked to go to the inquest, mm. honestly. Anyway, so Stephen is having a late night whiskey in the factory, sitting in the dark, refreshing articles online, trying to see whether Lou's managed to get the case reopened. Yeah, I mean, he'd thought that this... Um, it's all over and done It was all over and, and sunk and buried, but um, no. <laughs> no. On uh, Wednesday, Stephen is speaking to Michael on the phone, saying no, nothing, nothing's come out about the inquest. Um, I forgot all about it. Uh, I'll let you know if I hear anything. And Carla comes in saying, oh, somebody's come to buy the place. Can you come, come talk and, to them about Nipper Snapper? I'm confused about who owns what. I thought this was Stephen's business with Michael and Sarah, not Carla's business to sell with the factory. What is? With Nipper Snapper. I, yeah, I, I don't think it matters. It was just it a way of engineering Carla It does matter because Carla Coronation Street has brought it... The they, this is the trouble. This is the trouble. 
about these business things. This not even Coronation Street cares about these business rubbish, but they make us watch all these scenes about people having business meetings. I've seen more business meetings on Coronation Street than I've gone to in my real life. <laughs> so Owen is still involved with Nipper Snapper, isn't he? And that's Sarah and Michael, but they're still somehow related to the factory Didn't... because the meetings are all going on in there. Oh yeah. But... Anyway, I don't sorry I brought it up, honestly. I don't I During don't the meeting really with care. Carla, Stephen's just on his phone looking at the articles to see if he can find anything about the inquest. So this woman's going around looking at the factory, looking at everything. She's like, you know what? At the end of the day, don't fancy buying this. And I think this was when they were in the... Yes. This was when they were in the bistro. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy the factory, but wank by Stephen. And and Carla's like, what's going on? And then in comes Lou. And she's like, oh, Stephen. And Carla's like... Why is all the why are the women all buzzing around you today, Stephen? <laughs> What's so great about you? So, um, Lou Lou and gets introduced to Carla by Stephen, and um, <laughs> Lou Lou's ch- chatting to Carla, and Stephen's there like he's zoning out, isn't he? Ooh, dramatic, dramatic, more dramatic editing. Um, he snaps out of it as Lou is saying that Rufus's death has been ruled. Death by misadventure, but I don't know what that means. Is that where you get hit on the head when you're sailing boat trying to set up that kind of thing, insurance isn't it? job? Um, left alone with Stephen, Lou tells him about the fact that he and Rufus and she have children, Jules and Tabitha. What great posh names they are! They're been, fantastic, aren't they? Actually, Chester. Chester and Tabitha. Um, and he was a great dad, actually, even though I didn't like him. He was actually a really good dad. And I don't believe that he would have overdosed. And she's like, he was such a... He was so good at drugs. He just took a tiny amount every time. He microdosed. He would See, never have taken She loads. said that she was surprised that he overdosed or took more than his he can handle and then drowned. But we literally saw him back... When was it? February time? Getting rushed to hospital because he'd had too, too much. much drugs. But wasn't that Stephen? No, I don't think so. I, d- I think I, he did that to himself. I don't know, but I, f- I think um, anybody who thinks that... You, you can't kid yourself. If, you're, if you know your partner or ex-partner's, like, taking drugs, I would never be so confident. No. <laughs> like, no, so yeah, Stephen couldn't have done that to him because that was the first time that Stephen got his hands on the LSD, wasn't it? It was after Rufus went to hospital and the LSD was in his briefcase. Okay. So Stephen, uh, so Rufus absolutely did overdose himself. This is where... So if I was Stephen, Stephen could I'd have been be honest. saying, no, Yeah, he Listen, did take too much sometimes. I, have, I was remember? actually hanging out, out with him and he did, he was off his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so on Friday, Stephen comes in and tells Tim... Yes. He's been, he doesn't know, he, he's struggling to find somewhere to live. Do you remember this scene? No, I don't. This was when they're by the... I was probably eating my curry. You were eating your curry at this I love time. That. This is nice. where This is when uh, Tim and um, Peter had been having banterful conversations about um, tomato sauce in the fridge and various I things I don't like remember that. this at all. No, I know what I was doing. I know what I was doing. I was oh, writing, yeah. I I was writing a special thing. Yeah. Okay, right. Um... Stephen comes and tells Tim, can't find anywhere to live. Tim's like, whatever, stay as long as you want, I don't care. And Stephen, when Stephen goes, Tim says to Peter, I'm keeping him close because he's my enemy. Carla makes Stephen agree to come to Rufus's memorial. And he's trying to get out of it. 
Um, Carla says, no, 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 the Donahues are huge for Underworld. You've got no choice, you've got to come. So they hold the memorial, everyone's favorite multifunctional hotel space. Chariot Square Hotel. Debbie's, Debbie's probably like, laughing away to the bank, money, isn't she? Money, money, Must be funny. Why doesn't De- Debbie like say, you know what? Have it at the Rovers. They're not doing so well at the I moment. I can't keep all this cash to myself. I've got nowhere to put it. My, my mattress is stuffed with £50 notes. Why don't you have some money, everybody else? Yeah, I mean, maybe Debbie could buy into the Rovers. She must be absolutely loaded. Yeah. Well, um, so the memorial's at the hotel and Carla and, and Stephen have turned up there and they're like, oh God, hardly anyone else is here. How embarrassing. I think Michael's there as well. Um, yes, yes, he is. And then along comes a small orphan. Uh, half orphan. Excuse me, governor. Are you here for my dad's memorial? How did you know him? And Stephen's like, oh my God. Oh, I forgot you had children. Carl's like, well, oh, we're here for your dad. He was a nice man. Everybody loved him. And then Lou comes over, goes, thanks very much for coming. Go and have yourself a nice sausage roll in the buffet, won't you? So they all go and sit around and Carl's like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Imagine if you died and like three people turn up at your funeral, they all hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Michael's like, look, I don't care. I'm only here for business purposes. Later on, Stephen has felt guilty because he he feels obviously really bad being confronted by this child. uh, Who he sent the orphaned. Jules. Yes. Tabitha, they haven't cast Tabitha, so don't expect her to turn up. <laughs> and he, so he finds... That was just like... That was so weird. What, why even introduce why that even he had say, a daughter if they maybe can't be bothered reason. to cast her? Then maybe there's a reason, but we don't know what it is. So, um, Stephen's got all the underworld people to come to this funeral to pretend, and he's like, pretend you knew him somehow, I don't know how. And so, what is it? Uh, Sean's like, oh yeah, I was in a tap dance club with him I don't can't remember I don't remember Lou's like everyone shut up I'm gonna do a speech about my late husband okay come here Jules come up here say say a few words about your dad so he's like my dad could be a right idiot sometimes but he could also be really funny and I'm sad he drowned in a swimming pool. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is so tragic. Stephen gets overwhelmed and leaves. And then um, he comes back later and he has a chat. And he's like, sorry, I just, uh, I just, this, I, I think it's your accent. It's giving me a headache. And she's like, oh, yeah, I get that a lot, actually. <laughs> I've got pills in my bag. So she pulls them out. And there's a plastic bag of Rufus's effects from the hospital. She's like, yeah, yeah, this is all his stuff. It's got his special glasses that he couldn't see nothing with that. And this tie pin, this mysterious tie pin I've never seen before in my life. And then we have a flashback to Stephen drowning him in the pool and dropping his uh, distinctive tie pin on the floor silver tie pin engraved with to my darling husband Stephen Reed lots of love your loving wife Gabrielle kiss 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 almost what does it say I don't remember I think it just says love G love G see (laughs) she's this is just like Kelly Kelly uh, sorry Laura Nealon in the watch again isn't it yes it is a bit um so I'm glad this this tie pin tie pin it was clearly going to come up because they oh, they didn't make a big thing of it. They, 
They, they do made... have a flashback so that we all remember. Yeah, but no, when it actually happened, I, I think I said it at the time, I wish they hadn't had that scene of Sean saying, ooh, what a lovely tie pin you're wearing, Stephen, and that they just left it to the viewers to notice that Stephen was wearing a tie pin before going to Rufus's house, but not afterwards. It's not a crime but the show. Fact that that we saw Sean going, oh, what a lovely tie-in. It made us look out for the tie-in. And that would have been a really great twist today if we'd have then been able to look back at the episodes in February or so and go, yeah. oh my gosh, it, the, it was yeah. staring us yeah, in the face not, all along. That's not and I think probably for, for some viewers, probably for a lot of viewers, to be honest, I know that we've not stopped going on about it, but viewers who don't listen to the podcast might not have noticed that little tie pin clue. So now they can go back and watch it and go, oh yeah, of course. But to me, I was like, oh, I, I already knew that, already saw that one coming. So I'm glad that it's finally out there in the open because I was half worried that this tie pin secret was going to be kept for months and months and months and months further and then that would be the one thing that finally trips him up and see and leads to his ultimate downfall but it I mean it still is a worrying situation for him at the end of this episode but I don't think it's going to be what you know finally sees him leave the show because I'm not expecting him to be going any t- anywhere anytime no. soon so the mourners file out later and Carla's like oh it's the first time your husband died is it yeah well I've had loads of them. You know, my first husband, yeah, died. He's uh, trying to kidnap somebody, actually. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> She's like, yeah, um, actually. You know that, you know that Leanne in the bistro, that hey, Mardi Cow. Come here. Do you know that blonde woman, right? Do you remember when we was at the bistro? Do you know that blonde woman? They're staring daggers at us, right? She's probably still a bit of a grudge. <laughs> she was she was in the boot when my husband had a car accident he fifteen died. years ago. Died. She jumped out, ran away, swearing her knickers. It was dreadful. <laughs> also, that same time, I had to take over the factory. I didn't know what I was doing. Took over the factory. No idea. Do you know what Why I did? Does Carla sound it's, like? This sounds like me. You know what I did? I went in there and I just mouthed off. I was like, "Right, everyone, I'm 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 in charge. You got to do what I say." And it worked. And I still don't know what... She gives us some sage actually, business advice, doesn't she? I actually still don't know what we make in the factory, but I think I style it out. <laughs> <laughs> come to, come have coffee with me later. And by coffee, I mean cocktails and a, and a full meal in the bistro. So what, I don't know if you saw, saw Leanne, I want you to look her in the eye. It's quite funny. <laughs> Stephen says, Oh, you guys look so upset. You go up. I'll, I'll bring all the things... Like this tie pin in a bag, and um, falls on the floor. And Sean's like, "Oh, here's your tie pin." L- he gives it, it a look, doesn't he? A very significant look, and sort of flounces off. And Stephen's fuming because he was going to try and steal it out of the bag. I don't know how it's he thought. kind of good for Stephen at the end of the episode that he didn't steal away from the bag yeah. because as we go into Monday's episode, Lou doesn't suspect Stephen at no. all. But if he'd have taken that tie pin, which yeah, at, at the time he didn't know that she thought it was significant I think he was was he just kind of hoping that she wouldn't notice that the tie pin was gone I don't know but yeah if he'd have taken it and then it would have eventually maybe you've been found again that would have been um, a lot more serious for him they okay right so um so he he doesn't get his hands on this tie pin uh, he Lou would have noticed it was missing so Anyway, look, Carla and Lou in the bistro later and Lou's talking about the fact that she's inheriting this business. I don't really know what's... I don't know what she's inheriting. I'm assuming we should know. 
but I don't. It's business. It's business stuff. Peter comes in. Peter comes in, right? This was great. Because I've forgotten this as well. Yeah. Peter comes in and he's like, what are you talking about, girls? And she's like, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about the fact that my husband always had this white, white posh watch they used to wear all the time. And um, it, it was well, dead expensive and it was his pride and joy and he didn't have it on his, on. I didn't get it back. He didn't have it on him. Where's it gone? Was he robbed? Could the robber murdered him? They've they investigated this. And Peter's like, oh my God, excuse me, I've got to go. Runs off to the toilet to crap his pants. Comes back later when Carla's, when Lou's gone and says, Carla, I know what she's talking about. I actually stole it off him because he was being a dickhead to me. I don't know if you watched the episode, but it was horrible. And I, I sold it to pay for your rehab. And Carla's like... He didn't, he didn't steal it. He just found it in the cab and didn't return it. I don't know if anyone remembers this or not, but this was when he Rufus was getting a, a lift because... Um, Peter was driving the taxi and Rufus was like you're rubbish I earn more than you do I earn more than you would learn in a hundred years in one day look at my watch it's worth more than your house and stuff like that so Peter's like well I'll have it then thanks very much <laughs> so he explains this to Carla and she's like I can't believe you've done this you need to tell Lou that you stole it or maybe we should just go find the watch you put it said that you put it in a pawn shop um, perhaps it's in that one that's round the corner. Yes, is it the one that's in the precinct? Quite probably. Quite probably. We need to go and buy it and give it back to her. And he's like, look, I'll go and see what I can do. I don't know where this money's supposed to have come from all of a, all of a sudden. They didn't really. The money to buy the bloody watch back. Wasn't it 40 grand? I don't know. I think it was quite a lot of money. So anyway, in the Rovers later on, Sean decides to start talking about tie pins. And he brings up the fact... I can't remember. There's some kind of it, contrived this conversation. This conversation started off nowhere near typings and ended up with Sean pointing out that Stephen and Rufus both had a very similar looking typing. Therefore, ergo, they're back in fashion. And, yeah. and Stephen's like, oh my God, I've got a phone call to make. Runs out. I've never had a typing in my life. Yeah, he does. He's like, I've, I don't even know what a tie is. <laughs> <laughs> Walks out. He calls Lou and says, um, can I can I come round the hotel? I need to have a meeting with you. Um, and, and she says, no, I, I can't. <laughs> Doing all the voices. I can't. Today. I've got to go down to the police station tomorrow. Talk to the Rosers about this mysterious typing because I was looking at it and it's got love G on it. And I reckon I was thinking maybe it's like OG, like original gangster or something. But I think it might be belong to someone who killed him. And he's like, oh god. <laughs> the Expertly end. recounted. Finn. That story, your favourite story of the year. I'm available for Audible. If you want me to read books to children, I can do that. Jack and Ori. I could do anything. I could be on on television. I could be on, I don't know, Channel 4 at at midnight. Whatever you fancy. I can do all the voices. How did you find the development of the Stephen storyline this week? Were you paying attention? Do you have any opinions on it? I don't remember the catch-up conversation. No. But on the whole, yeah. I, I thought the typing. I thought it was a bit weird that like they they had a bag, like this this they fished his corpse out of the of the swimming pool, and they were obviously like, oh, sh- we got to give the widow some stuff. What should we give her? This vial of LSD and his sodden dressing gown, <laughs> or this random typing in his glasses that we found on the floor? Why did they give him? Why did why were this was the typing involved in this? What do you mean? Why was it involved? 
that when they pulled, right, I got the impression that he was dragged out of the pool and taken to the autopsy room and, ha you know, investigated and they would have taken all the things that was on him and put them in a bag and then given it to her later. But the tie pin wouldn't have been there. It was by the side of the pool. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've got a empty bottle of champagne, two wine glasses, bottle of LSD. The, a the statue themed... made of disco yeah, sparkly Yeah, the theme tune to the Guinness advert on tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really want this tie pin because it must be something special. I, I thought the whole thing with the tie pin reintroduction was super clunky. I, I would have preferred it to just be a bit more sneaky than it was. It was it was too obvious saying, like having, having a, a mega flashback about it... They, they could have done without a flashback. I don't but know. But Sean think... finding this tie pin on the floor and going, ooh, a tie pin. And then Gabrielle at the end of the very same episode saying, I think there's something mysterious about this tie pin. How long has she had this bag of his stuff? Has it just been recently said, yeah, since she's been to she the police said, station? It was she all... just got it because the the inquest is finished. Okay. Um, the, the, the conversation in the pub that somehow managed to get round to tie pins, it just all felt... A little bit too contrived for me, and I'd rather, I'd rather, I, I don't know how they'd have done it, but maybe I'd rather they just got on with subtle. it instead of spending three episodes bringing up a tie pin. Mm. The thing is, we always make this complaint, and I have maybe started to come around to the fact of just accepting this is not, you know, Agatha Christie. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a soap. It's not a, it's not a murder mystery. Although I but wish they be. wouldn't. I wish they would put a bit more effort in. Because these stories, I really like these stories. I think bits of it just felt a little bit rushed today. I, I, it's difficult not to make comparisons to Richard Hillman at Maxine's funeral, you know? And that felt huge. And they had a big church packed out full of big characters. They had the people there that were suspecting him. I mean, there's no reason for Tim to have been there at the, um, but this at wasn't the thing a, this afternoon. This wasn't a but... funeral of a significant character. No, no, I know. I, it just it wasn't when, serving the same purpose as Maxine's funeral. That that was base. Maxine's funeral was when Audrey suddenly realised. Hang on a minute, it was him, and and Richard had to go up and stand there and make a speech about Maxine, but stumble over his words. And this was similar in that Stephen was confronted with this poor child that he's orphaned, semi-orphaned, and it it just didn't feel quite as affecting. They they had him go off. For at the end of a scene, like overcome with um, guilt for what he's done, but then he seemed kind of pretty much okay in the next scene. It just it didn't have the emotional resonance that it, it could have done. It I don't know. It just it it didn't quite work for me. It's I'm glad that there's more. Um, yeah, as I said, I've I've enjoyed the walls closing in on him, uh, and I like always seeing how he's going to get out of it. The problem is, I often will say, "Oh, can't wait to see how he gets out of it," and then it's something very easy. The next episode, I don't. So he's now in the situation where she's going to, you know, she's going to get this this type in fingerprinted. Stephen's not got his fingerprints on record, has he? No, he's 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 going to get out of it. Yeah, he's going to get out of it. I mean, if is I it was, just temporary it peril like again? I'm surprised he didn't say, "That's my tie pin." He could have just said that, couldn't he? 
And like, he should have been like, why, when did you guys see him? I don't understand. And she, you would have been like, I, I, I've met him loads of times because we were doing a business deal. Mm. She doesn't know half of what went on between Rufus and Stephen. Otherwise, she wouldn't be saying, oh, he was really good at microdosing just because he's taking drugs. I don't understand how he died of them. Yeah, I suppose Stephen... It's a lot more... It's a lot... I would be a lot less surprised that somebody I knew took illegal drugs died of an overdose than somebody who didn't. Mm. If Stephen said he'd went round there many times, perhaps the housekeeper might have said, well, I never... I never recognised you. It's, it's fictional. They can write what they like. Mm. I, I, is, do you think that if... He, he'd said he was going to go round the hotel to see her. Do you think that he actually wanted to murder her and steal the ho- the, the, the tie pin? Or was he just going to try and... I don't know what his plan was, but I think he's lucky that he didn't get his ch- a chance to get his mitts on that thing because I think he would have just taken it out of the bag and then been like, what do you mean, what tie pin? I don't remember a tie pin. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, but I'm I'm thinking he's probably going to squirm out of this yeah, fairly fairly easily next. There's nothing week. about it that that means it's his type in, and honestly, you know, when when Sean was saying to him, "Oh, you had a type in. Ruby said a type in. They're fashionable." He could have just gone, "Yeah, they are fashionable. Everyone's got one." That was a lot. Le- that would be a lot less suspicious than being like. No. Just imagine if Sean is the one that brings down Stephen Reed at the I end of this. I wonder what people would think, because I'm know i pretty sure there's a large overlap of people that hate Sean and hate Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> what, they would be like, I don't know how to feel about this. Anyway, I, I thought I thought the story, this story ramped up better on Friday. I wasn't too into it on Monday and, and Tuesday, uh, Monday and Wednesday, but today's was quite, <laughs> quite good, I suppose. Right, the Papa Dom story. Um... Was anybody into this story this week? Honestly, Genuinely, right. did anybody care? Oh, is Eliza talking to a pedo? No, it's her dad. The end. I literally went into last week's podcast thinking, well, it's clearly somebody dodgy. And it was you that said, yeah. "It's no, it's not, it's her dad. And but, I was like, oh yeah, that I did makes say, a lot of sense. And you were right. I did say, uh, maybe her dad is also a pedo. You did? I did, so. Well, he seems... Look out for that fun twist. No, I don't think he is, no. I don't think he is either. It seems like they're making him look a little bit... Does he look that dodgy? Not really. He's just a bit bit of an hard geezer. That doesn't mean he's automatically evil. But this whole storyline I found boring, and I don't even want to talk about it because I found it really boring. Literally, that's all that happened. Eliza was talking to this mystery man. Turned out it was Stu. Um, Turned out it was Dom. (laughs) And... And he is actually her dad. And but let me say what I happened. I know, but do you know what I mean? It's like, it's really boring. It, 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 and I don't it wasn't very really... often have such a visceral response to a story that I just don't even want to sit through. Let's, let's whiz through it, I don't it, want to sit we? through it. It's just boring. Well, you got to. you got to. I don't care. I'm, I don't mind Eliza, but I don't care about her. I, I, I liked Eliza more when she first came into it. I don't know whether it's the story, but I'm not... I like Stu and I like Yasmin, but I like them more when they're not in here so much. (laughs) Right, so Eliza's gone off to Summer Club, or so she says on Monday, but when Stu finds out from the shop that Summer Club's not on today, he starts panicking. So we have this mega action cam scene after the break on Monday's episode. It's going, oh, Yasmin, man, I don't know where (laughs) Eliza is. She's not at at the Summer Club, it's not on. Where could she be? She could be anywhere. Probably the precinct or something. Yeah, she is at the precinct. The very first place you look, there she is. And she's coming out as sweet enough with a dodgy looking guy. So Stu races over him and says, get away from my granddaughter. 
And but <laughs> he's not a pedo. He's her dad. It's Dom. And this guy says, How "Look, I am you? definitely her dad. Here's a picture of me I've and her as soon as I, just after she was born." It's like, that's clearly um, her, isn't that it? Could like, be any baby. Could be any baby. That could be any Literally baby. Anybody, but it works for Stu because well, we have seen recently he's not the brightest bulb. Well, you know, to be fair, it's a picture of him and a baby and Stu's daughter Bridget. That is true. That would be quite hard to sort of have gone. I've thought that far ahead. Like mm. when I'm when I'm you know in. in 12 years time I might want to prey on a child on the internet I probably should set up an alibi here with a baby good point I better make sure the baby's not wearing any distinctive colours to make it the gender in case it's a boy or a girl <laughs> they head back to number six together and dad's just he's he's telling he's seems a bit wary of saying to Stu look you seem to be doing quite a good job with Eliza here because he seems to want to get a little bit more into his daughter's life again he says I didn't have a chance to get um, involved in my daughter's life back in the day I was a deadbeat dad I, you know I didn't stay on the on the scene for very long I haven't seen her since she was a baby and they also bring up the fact that because people are wondering this why didn't Eliza automatically get moved to live with him when Bridget went to prison it turned out that he just decided that it was too much effort for me to take on at the time but I regret what I've done now and I now I want to be part of her life Lucy used to tell Bridget bad things about him oh yeah yeah as they, well. they did bring that so there's bad well. blood between Bridget Absolutely. and Dom and Lucy hates him yes. and he also like many people would be I um, don't fancy a spare kid yes so um, at the end of the episode Jasmine's with Stu having a bit of a dark drink in number six See, and he says look I don't know I don't know what to believe about Dom he says he's yeah. he's a good he guy knows. but he seems a bit iffy to me yeah um, and also, how am I going to tell Bridget? How are you going to that... tell Bridget? Who's telling this story? I've got an idea for children like um, Eliza. Yes. You know that too good to go up? <laughs> yes. Where it's like, oh, I've got this spare food, I don't know who wants it. Mm. And you can say, oh, I'll have it. What about that, but for kids? Eliza is not <laughs> too good to go. She's having a lovely time with her granddad's oh, stew. Oh, excuse me, I've had some really good meals from that from that up. But also, do you remember that time we was going to get that Richard yes. chicken and they cancelled it? Yes. Wednesday. Stu tells <laughs> Yasmin that he's talking to Bridget later. He doesn't want Eliza to know yet, though, um, because he's not expecting Bridget to be very happy about being in touch with Dom. So Eliza, um, later we see with Sam in Speed Dial, I think. Yes, it's boring. Oh, you don't have to sigh quite so audibly. And, Stu, uh, and Sam says, oh, you know, I didn't know my dad when I was growing up either. But now he's great. And um, so Eliza says, well, mum's not going to be happy. Oh, well, my mum wasn't very happy about me getting involved with... You know, we're exactly the same, dead. you and I. Um, so, yeah, fellow dad finder Sam completely um, sympathises with Eliza in this position that she's in. But he's not in it for the rest of the week, so it doesn't matter. Stu phones Bridget, who we actually get to see. It's not just a... a, a, a a no voice on the end of the phone. They've actually brought Matt the actress, so interesting. She's definitely not here to hear, uh, happy to hear about Dom being back on the scene, though. She's like, he hasn't changed. He's a wrong one. Um, he's bad news, and he always will be. And if you care about Eliza, you'll keep her away from him. She says. So Stu's in a bit of a quandary at this point. Who should he believe? He phones and finds Eliza and spies 
spied deal, speed dial later and tells her what her mum said. Eliza clearly not happy about this. My dad's changed, I know it, she says. Goes and storms off to Sam's again. Eliza's doing a lot of storming off this week, isn't she? She doesn't come across to me, or she didn't in the past, being such a petulant teen. Have they changed her personality just to suit the story? No, I don't think so. Anything else you want to add there? No, I don't have anything to say. Oh, yeah, you don't have anything to say about this story. So, later on, Yasmin... You like to poke... You like poking the bear, don't you? You moan at me if I say something, and if I don't say anything... You just can't get it right. You can't get it right. You have a go at me and say, well, what's your opinion on Eliza's personality? (laughs) I don't have one. (laughs) Yasmin confides in Stu later, and she was was rocking that Hermione Granger in the Philosopher's Stone look today, was Eliza. What? What, the, the fate that... No. Not, I'm not talking about sexy Hermione Goblet of Fire. No, I'm talking about, you know, in the first book, Hermione was like, I hate my hair because it's too curly and I'm going to have to have a magic spell to get rid of it. No, that happens later on. That happens in the Exactly, because she still had the hair in the first book, though, didn't she? You insulted anyway. her hair. You insulted her hair by saying it's philosopher's uh, stone hair. Saying that she... It's not. It's, she looked great. I liked her hair. Jeez. Look, I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> I give up. Oh gosh, this storyline is so boring. Yasmin confides in Stuart and says, "Look, why are you reading all of this when I literally something We might have missed something." She says, "Look, Dom's (laughs) determined to see his daughter. If we stop him, he could start going down the legal route and try and take her off our hands completely." And Stu says, "Well, I'd fight them all the way to the court if that happened." Like, so Dom comes barging into the house later. He wants to see Eliza. And he doesn't care what convicted murderer Bridget says about him. He's out of prison. He, he's, he, you know, he's not in prison. He's a, he's a bang-up normal guy. Let me see my daughter, please. Stu's not having any of that. Tries manhandling him out the front door. Right, has. At the very second, Eliza comes in. And Dom's like, I promise I will call you my daughter. We will not be separated by this angry Geordie. Friday, Eliza is still in a mardi moo about the whole thing. Stu's like, sorry, but, um, and she's not happy. She says, I don't count your apologies unless you mean it. Later on, Yasmin's having a chat to Roy about this, um, something or other, probably to do with Lauren or something, when Stu comes in and says, oh, Dom's seeking legal advice. We were right all along. He's going to take us to court, like, and Roy says, look, I think that you just need to have a chat with him. Don't get the authorities involved. It's not worth it. But Stu's like, I don't even, I don't want to give him a chance. I don't want anything to do with him. Thank you very much. Eliza is ours. Later still, though, he makes a bit of a bad impression on her once more by confiscating her tablet because he finds her talking to her dad on it. She stomps upstairs and even Yasmin goes upstairs as well, somewhat disappointed in her man. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What is it about the story that's so boring? Are you? Is it finished? Yes. Okay. Um, it's because I don't care about... I don't care... I, I, I like Stu and I like Yasmin, but I don't care about this story because I'm not bothered about Eliza and I I was excited when I thought that there was some kind of mystery involving Lucy and Bridget and something coming out about but like honestly just let Eliza go with Dom and let's move on. I, I see I'm wondering whether 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 Dom knows something about the, the true circumstances try to make of, this sound of, good. of that Charlie's death. I'm wondering that's why he's been brought there must have been some reason. But at the end of the day, I'm not necessarily expecting him to whisk Eliza away at the end of this. 
But then oh, yeah. if he does, so what, really? I kind of like Eliza. I like them. I like all three of them. I'm not first but it's com- But it's compared to everything else. This is just not as exciting as everything else. No. Do you think that he is a dodgy guy? Or is he just, you know, a nice bloke who can't control his anger very well? So it's coming across as somewhat nefarious. It's interesting to see how prejudiced Stu is against him, considering that he was also banged up and for But suffered. he didn't do it, man. I know, but what was what was he what was Dom banged up for? He wasn't. Dom's not been in prison. Oh, I thought he was. Don't I thought he so. said something. I thought there was a conversation oh, that happened know. earlier in the week when Stu was explain when he was explaining to him on Monday what happened. Been. I wasn't paying attention. Because I wasn't listening to what you said. Don't worry. Should we move on to yeah, the next I'm story? Because everybody here, just wants us to move on. Yeah. Shona's got a new comrade in Barms. Yeah. On Wednesday, Lauren is getting a phone call from her dad, but she's ignoring it, looking happy. And Max is like, yes, yes, you're doing the right thing. Don't listen to him. He's a racist. He's probably phoning you up to talk to you about migrant boats or something. So Max heads to the cafe later and he's upset that Lauren is down in the dumps. And Shona says, you know what? She needs a job. In fact, I think I know where she could work. She could be Henry Newton's PA. Yeah, I think she could actually. Max bumps into Gav. Does she know joined up handwriting? Because yeah. she's going to put her ahead. Gemma yeah. already. Yeah, bidding war, bidding war. Who knows? <laughs> Cursive. Literally, since Gemma's been desperate to find other employment, we've had Lauren being taken on there. We've had um, whoever it was taken on at the, at the corner shop. A bit of an indictment on Gemma's skills and everybody's like, you know, general knowledge of them. I know. It's like, I'm not going to hire her. So, then we get Gav. Hooray! We got Gav and um and Sabrina. Sabrina back this week. I, I was thrilled to see Gav again. I think he's Brilliant. wonderful. Bring him back. Let's get let's get keep Gavin. Max, yeah, Max is uh Gav's pleased to see him, but he's like, "Why haven't you spoken to Sabrina recently?" And Max says, "Look, it's a bit awkward cuz I got this white supremacist down with me and Sabrina's got her nose put out of joint about it. It's getting a bit weird." And Gav's like, "Hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can see perhaps where Sabrina might be coming from on that particular score." And Max is like, "Well, if you say so, say hi to Sabrina for me. See you later." And that was all we got of Gav. I, I literally because he's it's been like a month plus since he's been in it. It felt like as soon as the whole Bex not is is actually Sabrina revealed came out that Gav was a bit superfluous and he'd went but I I honestly think that there is something about that actor that makes me want to keep hold of him and never let Coronation Street let him leave yeah Gav for Gav for life yeah so um Shona says guess what Lauren I've got your trial shift at the cafe and Lauren says oh God I don't know if I can do that I've never had a job before useless. On Friday... You've got to start somewhere. She's 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 not got any... She literally does nothing. She's lazy. I think she's lazy. She doesn't go to college and she doesn't have a job. And then she sits around all day complaining. <laughs> she's lazy. I'm not... I don't like Lauren at all. 
She's she's one of these self-defeating people who's just... And this is the thing that knows me about it, right? You remember how much Max harped on about, oh, my family's background. Oh, you know, such a sad child. All these sad things have happened to me. That's why I became a racist. Lauren actually has all these things. That she's, you know, her dad's in prison. She's hanging around a bunch of blokes all the time who are just being racist assholes. And, she, and she's come out She's come out like this. She, at least she's got an excuse. Max is, Max is really positive because he's got a good set of role models in his life. Mm. I can see why Lauren is how she is, but it doesn't make me like her anymore. No, and I, I like... She's a sullen... It sounds a bit twerp. weird, but I liked Lauren more when she was a big racist. Yeah. Like, I thought that Max and Lauren, back in, you know, when was it? February time. I thought they made a great couple. But now I'm like, no, Max, binner for Sabrina. Lauren, She's clearly Lauren's, better. Lauren's lost purpose in life. She needs, like, to start religion or something. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah. She she needs a high, something higher to believe in than herself. It's not working out for her at the moment. So she's nervous on Friday about starting at the at the at Roy's and asks Max to come and see her for some moral support, but he's not very committed. committed he to says it. he will, but he's clearly not that into it. So the first time we see her at her new job, she's just sitting at a table looking on her phone. She's not looking. She's lackadaisical. She doesn't care. She's forgot that she's supposed to be putting orders in. She's giving people tea instead of coffee, although, as you pointed out, there's nothing in the cups anyway, so it can make a difference. <laughs> Roy's like, right, why don't you Do just... Do you know what this is in this cup? It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he ordered nothing and you gave him nothing. He ordered a cup of coffee and you've given him an empty... And you've given him a cup of coffee. We serve empty cups <laughs> around here, Lauren. Has Shona not told you anything? The actors will spill it on themselves and burn themselves. And they'll sue and ITV. we'll get sued. We can't trust them with liquid. Quids. we've told you this before start cleaning tables so she's cleaning the tables start Max. mopping up all of these spilled <laughs> empty cups of tea <laughs> off these tables meanwhile Julie Golding's in the background Woo! <laughs> smash on the ground alright okay so not going so well is it um, Maxie's Sabrina at the bus stop hooray Sabrina's back and she's like I want you. I want to be mates with you and spend time with you I think she wants to be more than mates with him and they go, and she's like, can I be your player too, baby? Mm. And he's like, yes, but we can't play any specific game. They have to go and play generic racing game back at his house, don't they? <laughs> Do you want to play generic racer with me? <laughs> generic racer six. <laughs> so they go back to number eight and he texts, I think he texts Lauren, but I don't know. She sees them and he, she's not happy about this. Oh, yeah. So Yasmin comes into the cafe. She's like, Roy... Is it my eyes or is there a racist with a broom outside? <laughs> and he says, I wanted to give her another chance. Um, but actually, she's not very good. <laughs> and Yasmin says, okay, I understand you are a forgi- forgiving guy, but you don't expect me to forgive. I thought this was great because Yasmin's standing her ground. I'm saying, glad that it got mentioned and I'm glad it was Yasmin and yeah. not Alia. Oh, God, Alia. Oh, I can never buy oh, it. Oh, is that never... scene still to come, that joy Probably. next week of Alia realising that Lauren's working at but the also, cafe? But also, honestly, if you're going to hire a racist who, who like was in, whose family's involved in firebombing your neighbour, <laughs> don't have her out front with a broom. True. Stick her in the back and butter in bombs or something. Or get yeah, her she up. She can't do that. She can't do anything. She's, she's useless. She's absolute crap. She's like, Roy, you're so kind. Um, so then we get to see Max and Sabrina playing on their generic racing game six. And uh, they're getting a bit close. and then and They're then getting all like rubbing up next like, to each other, aren't they? They're getting a bit boisterous on the like, sofa. Hey, hey, Sabrina, watch this. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Why, I don't know why I'm firing. 
blazers in my generic and racing game. items on. Sounds cool. So Max says, look, I can't do this, Sabrina. I fancy you too much. I c- we can't be more than just friends because I'm, I'm also friends with a racist and you're black. And she says, yeah, I get it. This, this um, is a very interesting and modern menage a trois mm. here that we're involved in. Uh, I'd be so mad at him if I was this woman. If I was Sabrina, I would not entertain Max for five seconds. Like, you can be charitable all you want, right? But this specific person, I have a really big problem with because she's evil. Mm. So, also, you're evil too, so I don't know why I'm friends with you. He's not. He's lovely. Um, Lauren is a bit gruff to Chesney when he comes in saying, can I have some change, please? She's like, we're not bunk. And then she also, this is when she makes the wrong order. And somehow, even though she's just inept, she gets the job, which if I was Shona, I'd be having my nose put out of joint because I'd be like, are we on comparable level here? <laughs> just because I've got a brain, what I've got a brain injury. What is her excuse? <laughs> I was raised by racists. So, um, so Lauren goes home and says, hey, cool. Max, I got the job, but also, how come you were with Sabrina? And he says, I'm not back with her um, because I don't want to cut Lauren, you out of my life, Lauren. And he says to her, you're amazing. I'm so proud of you. What are you doing, Max? Max, you're giving... Max is like, hey, I, I heard you like mixed messages, so here's another one. Totally. Oh, honestly, it, it seems like he's absolutely more suited, attracted everything to Sabrina than Lauren. Yeah. And he's just... Lauren's just a sullen... He's just being kind and helpful to her because she's, you know, the wrong side of the tracks. She's earning her age now. Give her the old heave-ho. Yeah. Go and stick her in a tube. Yeah. No, get get rid. I I don't know whether we're supposed to find Lauren so obnoxious, but the fact that Sabrina immediately came round and charmed the pants off me once again, I'm like... she's great. She's Um, so, so good. I really did get vibes of, you know, Becky or many other characters, Kylie, from Lauren today. But only in the sense that I can see Coronation Street trying to make this character into those characters. I don't think that's a good idea at all. Mm. Um. There are, but there, like I said, it's happened many times before. Gemma's probably the most recent example. She started out as a drugs mule, you know, like gangster's mole, yeah. and now she's like you know, devoted mother of five. Mm. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to rehabilitate Lauren. I think, but then again, I don't know. She's she's useful in that she provides, you know, she's a source of friction in Max's pursuit of his true love, Sabrina. It also, I think, it's a yardstick for showing Max's progression against. Lauren, I don't think for one minute that Lauren's given up her racist See, that's what thoughts. I'm still wondering as well. I think she's still a massive racist. I just think she realises she's got to keep her mouth shut because her bread's, you know, she's mm. she's getting bread, um, a board and, and a job. But equally, she's she was groomed by... Nothing about the, the, anything the that's winners. happened to her since... She, the whole thing was busted open, makes me think that there was an opportunity for her to overcome what's happened to her. She didn't get punished. She didn't get put in prison. She didn't get caught. She got told she was a victim again. That's that was the mentality that got her into the situation. This idea that these relatively privileged white people, because they are 
you know, they're working class, but they will still have more advantages than, say, Gavin and Sabrina do because of the colour of their skin. They're there complaining about how hard life is for them. Then, you know, something bad happens to, to Lauren because of their involvement with, you know, black people or Alia or whatever you want to call it. She's just got more reason now to hate people with a different skin tone to her and i'm supposed to believe that she's turned a corner and mm. realized nothing that we've had several scenes even though i still don't really buy it of max sort of realizing or saying sorry and i realize now why it was wrong and um apologizing and trying to make it up to, we've had none of that from lauren no I, and it... and yeah she's, she, she said that she's seen the error of her ways she didn't it's... really say anything I think she's a secret racist still and I think it's all going to come out and then mm. she's going to... I think um, Max is going to have to defend Sabrina from Lauren. Yeah. And then Lauren's going to go off. Yeah. And uh, Sabrina's going to go, oh, well, Max, you really aren't racist anymore. Yeah. Just what I want in a man. I mean, Cor- Coronation Street are certainly pushing... I can't remember what she's called, the actress who plays Lauren. Uh, Kate, something or other at the moment. She's she's appearing on lots of uh, the social media. She's, you know, obviously a beautiful lady. So... Don't have anything against the actress. No, no. Uh, and also, she's loving being on Coronation Street. I sent you an article um, earlier. Did you read that? There's a little clipping of her saying, oh, you know, I always wanted to be in Coronation Aww. Street ever since I was little. And also, she said that... She has been in as like a background artist in Coronation oh, really? Street a few times before. Do you remember that there was a story where um, Kylie was um, feeding the kids at school? Where she was like pushing f- fish and chips through the bars oh. because Brian had imposed a healthy food only. Right. Apparently, um, th- this actress she was, was one fish. of she was one of the kids in Max's class. So I'm going to say How that cute. that was a young. Cannon. Uh, yeah, that's canon. That was definitely uh, Lauren there. And also she sat next to Michelle, I think, at some family event. I can't remember. It was a wedding, that's maybe. Funny. Yeah, so she's she's been on the show a few times. But apparently, you know, ever since she was little, she's like, like Julia Goulding. She well, good for her. She's playing this character very well. She's playing her very well. I, you know, like I said today, I can see her... Like I can see them taking this character and turning her into a Becky or a Gemma or whatever. She seems the sort that they would want to do, but do that with. But I don't want her that to happen to this character because I don't like the idea that we had two white supremacists on the show and somehow they both magically became completely not racist Cured. and wonderful people. Mm. I don't buy it at all. No. I, I, I would find that very difficult to swallow and I don't know what message it sends really it, it kind of all feels, racists you know, can be rehabilitated you know what Yasmin was saying to Roy uh, you know I'm not gonna forgive her you can do whatever you want I feel this it feels you know it feels the same with Sabrina and Max like why does Sabrina have to be the, the bigger person here and accept Max's back you know she deserves a man who has never been raped like <laughs> it just seems like such a it just feels like everyone's having to bend over backwards to accommodate these racists because they've changed their minds. Mm. Sorry, but I, you know, I feel like there are plenty of other people who didn't have this problem (laughs) who we could give a chance to (coughs) before we... Can I tell you what the biggest mystery of this story still is, Gemma? What? Where's Beck? Who's Beck? It's Gav's girlfriend. Oh yeah, it's where the bloody house Beck. Do you think he killed her? I don't. I told know. you. I think. I think there was a domestic abuse going on there, didn't I? So here's another he thing. He was harassing her on the phone while he was in prison, and Max thought that Sabrina was Beck, but as soon as it was uncovered that she's not, it's like the actual real Beck. He doesn't out of existence. Doesn't doesn't care about her at all, does he? No. I also saw 
somebody asking this question, very valid question, are the social services still investigating Gemma for, you know, her dodgy... What's that got to do with this story? It's not got anything to do with this storyline. I'm just saying, in general, there's, a, there's another loose end here with Gemma being investigated. I, I thought she was going to be fined. When's she going to cough up? Well, when she gets the first paycheck from the brewery. Uh, don't worry, it's all in hand. Right, a few you, smaller do stories. I don't know, I don't know. Well, don't make out that you do that. Right, Adam's just grumpy this week. He's grumpy about um, getting split up from Sarah Louise. Can I Gruff at work. What? Um... No, carry on, and I'll say what I mean. Oh. Dee Dee says, I'm worried about you being a grumpy, angry Scottish guy. No. And he's like, look, no, I'm just going to go off and get get boozed up in the night, and he does, because he gets, he gets peed with Daisy testing the microphone, doesn't, doesn't he, on the, before, they, uh, before the, the star turn from Glyn Young. So on Wednesday's episode, he comes back to the street looking a bit worse for wear. Daniel sweeps him back off home to sober him up. He turns up on the street, having been dropped off in, from a taxi, with his hair, wild as anything, still wearing a business suit, really mad, and sort of going to Sarah, yeah, yeah, went and shagged who I wanted because I'm single and free now. But he's still mad and trying to take it out on Sarah, and I know exactly why. Why? Because he can only find one suit. He never wears anything other than suits, does He's he? He's like, she's hidden all my clothes. I swear there used to be something in our house that I'm, I think had all my clothes in it. And she used to do something where my dirty clothes would become clean in this box where everything hangs. And now I just have this suit and I don't know where all my clothes have gone, but I'm p- pretty sure I used to have a T-shirt somewhere. I don't think we've ever seen Adam wearing a T-shirt, not since he was played <laughs> by the old... I think a- when I, I had a different head, I had b- a bigger wardrobe. <laughs> but this Sarah's trying to screw me over. Anyway, Daniel says, look, don't go off the rails. And that's don't go shagging it. about, I did that and everyone and, hated and my character. And things turn out like okay because he goes and takes uh, Harry somewhere and, and he's very to similar buy, to Sarah. To buy a little suit. I don't know, That that's all it was. Nothing really happened with that this week. It was fairly dull. Bernied. Yeah. Monday story. Bernie yeah. story. Monday only. Comedy <laughs> turn for See, this Todd was and Bernie. part of what made Mondays good. I enjoyed this one. It Bernie's okay. got found a massage table in the bin. So she sets it up in Dev's Lounge and decides to become a masseuse. And she's going to earn some cash and uh, spend it on LSD, I guess. No, M- MND. <laughs> Dev's not keen about this. And then Todd turns up because he's her first customer. So she's like, Dev, get out. I've got to work my magic fingers on Todd's poor body. They did a good job of making the massage table look... Um, Skank. Skanky and f- straight from the dump. Yeah, like when so they... yeah um, Todd's face through the through the hole and there's all these stains, dodgy stains on I the I saw wood. someone online saying they're expecting like a cockroach to crawl oh, past him at one point, God, which would have been yeah. good. So he's enjoying this massage actually and Bernie's exfoliating, he's getting very relaxed and then she goes off to the kitchen to get something and the table collapses and breaks his nose kind of his face just goes straight in the ground and he's not really happy he's about gonna be this. scarred on his face for life just like the last time yeah <laughs> so he gets cleaned up but he's not he, he, you know he's like, i've got a funeral you know to do and i've got a bloody nose and stuff and uh i'm not paying you and that you know he wasn't gonna pay anyway you know you know all this stuff in I the pub in the pub later bernie's downhearted and todd says you know 
despite everything, you've managed to fix a kink in my bank who's been bothering me for years. And Bernie's like, huzzah, this is great. And Dev says, no, I don't want you to do this in my front room. If only there was somewhere on the street, there used to be a beauty parlour in the back of a, a business where she could rent the area to work her magic. <laughs> I can see this being a good... I don't know whether they're going to pivot Bernie to this, because um, I, I think she would be really good working in Audrey's in the back room doing a crystals and massage. How many jobs can that woman have, though? She already works at the corner shop. She already works at Roy's. Does she, she still should just work stop at the working at, shop, maybe? I don't know. She should just stop working at one of them and do that, because that would be quite fun. Although... To be fair, there's not very many opportunities because we haven't seen the inside of a hair salon anywhere near as much as no. we used to. That used to be one of the main places where everyone would chat. Yeah. So they don't anymore. No. Um, that was that. Uh, and then we got to the, the, the little big shot story today. Um, who's going to be the lead role in the play that they're putting on and who's going to sing the main song, which was a Lizzo song? All I don't this know which week, musical that goes in. All this week, everyone at Corrie, the production team at Corrie is probably like, how bad is this Lizzo scandal? There Do has, we have to edit this out? I, I didn't can even know leave, there was a Lizzo scandal going on until you pointed that out Can we leave the Lizzo reference earlier. in? Does she do it or not? Or how, how is this going to affect? Are we going to? Can we redo that scene? No. Okay, we'll just keep it in. I hope no one notices. Anyway, Hopes kind of thinks that she's got it in the bag, but then it turns out that when Glenda does her whole um, tense reveal, getting. it's Ruby. Ruby's got the lead role. Ruby's got the lead role. She's going to sing. Hope's in the backing singer, so she's pretty annoyed about this. But Nina says, don't worry, Hope. Backing jobs... Jack, the backing singer is a very important job, and I'll do your makeup if you like as well. I would not want to be Lizzo's backing singer or dancer. No. Not after what you told me about what the scandal's been happening. Um, First thoughts on you, Ruby? Oh, very fun and nice. I think she looks lovely. I think she's, she's yeah, great. she's, I mean, it, it, it was, it was on. time. There, there isn't, there isn't enough to go on. She's very, um, she's very bright, bubbly, effervescent so far. Everything that old Ruby wasn't by the end of it. I, I got, um, I don't know how old she is. Um, but we, when we saw some publicity photos of her a couple of weeks ago, we thought that she looked a lot taller and bigger than she actually is no, didn't we no she's smaller there was, than there was a picture that was like yeah it was the perspective from foot, yeah from ground view looking up at her and she looked like this lanky giant and that might have been a Jack Webster mark too here but when they had her stood next to um, Hope Hope yeah. still did tower above her as she should as her older sister but no I mean oh, you know give it a few months and we probably have Forgotten. I don't, forgotten. you know, she she sticks out a bit at the moment. It feels yeah. a bit obvious that she's different. Very, looks very different from old Ruby. I don't know whether they're going to try. I don't know what they thought Ruby's personality was Um, in the past two years. She used to be a, a little fun, sassy thing when she was very young. Mm. But, you know, in recent years, she's been given less to do. And now I she's don't just know kind what of stood she's around got. Looking miserable for I don't the know last what her personality years. is. She certainly doesn't come off like she was a few weeks ago. Now she's no. a lot brighter and and uh, you know who would have ever thought that she harboured a secret 
desire to be the, <laughs> yeah, I know. to be Lizzo. Yeah, I don't think there's been anything in the story no. so far about her um, having hidden singing talent. But, but you know, I, I, I do suspect that Hope has murdered the old Ruby, and that's oh, why I'm, I'm we've got for... a new Ruby. And who knows whether she's going to murder this one as I'm well. I'm waiting for Fizz to come back from where is she <laughs> Northampton and say, "Yeah, Ty, have you Ty brought Rose. the wrong kid home from from summer I can't school believe again?" This. That's not even Ruby. <laughs> I don't know. And also, that's not your nana. That's um, that's Joanna Lumley. <laughs> it, so I, I guess that whatever else next week's Coronation Street brings, there will be some little big shots um, filler material. I, I don't know what it's going to be. With the, but it will mean more Glenda, which is nice. Um, right. Small children singing. Love it. Want more of it. Want, want choirs of children singing all the way through. In fact, if we could get it narrated by a child, that would be fantastic. No, thank you. Um, so, yes. I don't know whether I've done the best job at describing what happened in this week's Coronation Street. Try my hardest. I think it went all right. I mean, you're forgetting that we did record a section of this and then went back and did it again. We did. We so, have, we've got it was about 10 bad, minutes of material that I really wasn't happy with and we just deleted it. So, um, if it's still bad, know. then what can you do? We've tried yeah. twice now. Yeah. Um, how are you, how are you scoring it? Is your character of the week? Oh, that's a good question. Thanks. <clears throat> Did you, you know, you can't say you didn't expect it was coming. I, I often forget that this is part of the deal mm. of this, doing the show. Jenny. Character of the Week, Jenny. She, she was fantastic. I thought Monday's episode was just classic, Corey. It felt like a return to form for the show. Um, Wednesday was a bit of a dip. Friday, enjoyed again. Um, it was great fun. Yeah, I'm going to give this week... Four backwards cups of tea. Oh, four. I thought Monday's was one of the best episodes in a long time. And I like... Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's going to be one of the Rovers uh, bar staff or, or Gemma or Henry for me this week. Right. Um, I'm still... You know, there, we, we saw a lot of Henry. There's probably, you know, one of his biggest weeks... Um, you know, it was all about remember Henry. Let's let's shove Henry in as much as we can. But like I said, I'm still mm. slightly warming up to his new persona. Um, it is good that he's saving the Rovers. So you know, <laughs> is is saving the Rovers from sure and certain demolition enough for it to be him to be judged character of the you week? You know what you're saying about Henry, and you know he feels different to you, etc., etc. Oh this yes. reminds me of like we get too dramatic and and about this kind of stuff. We get what carried. Do you mean? Like it reminds me when. This is so funny in hindsight. When Gareth Pierce took over as as Todd, yeah. and they they had that atrocious intro story that was really bad. And when I was talking with, with about Mick the gay gangster, yes, I remember when, it well. When I was talking about the fact that I, you know, it finally hit home to me that we're never going to get old Todd back again, and you know, I totally understand why. And I'm not talking about the, you know, I'm not. Please don't demonize me for this opinion because it really is just about the character. I was basically crying in the podcast about the fact that they recast the character <laughs> and I was just looking back on it Gareth Beers is fantastic I love Gareth Beers I think he's great as Todd yeah so for all that you say oh you think T- Henry's different I think that um it's still early days he's hardly he's hardly been in it and uh, I'm I'm hopeful that there's gonna be some some fun ahead. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I'm going to give it to Jenny as well this week. Okay. Yeah, there, there really were some fantastic scenes with her, particularly on Monday. Uh, we've seen a few more spattered in um, in the last few days as well. Um, and and it's uh, I'm I'm still beyond thrilled that we've got a Rover storyline. So definitely Jenny's my character of the week. 
Um, I'm not going to rate this week as highly as well. I'm not going to say it's a, a four and a half for me. I mean, the, I didn't say four and a half. Oh, sorry, it's four. not. It's not a four for me. I, I I didn't think that the the Adam stuff was that interesting. Wasn't sold Adam. at all. Yeah, on the Eliza story, um, and even the Lauren stuff, not too interested in. Um, I'm going to give this. Um, Three and a half tugs on Henry Newton's balls to make him cry <laughs> out of five. <laughs> so you do it and as I get those tears. Right, um, we've got a lot of news to talk about this week, so let's head on over to the cabin. It's cabin time. We've got sad news to start off with. We've got to say goodbye to two ex Cory actresses. Yeah. Anita Carey, who played Joyce Smedley and also Brenda Summers. Yeah, I mean, she's best known for Joyce Smedley. Um, this this was Judy Mallet's mum, so she was in the show for yeah. a year and a half or so before being ploughed down by um, Tony Horrocks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoyed um, Joyce. Um, uh, Brenda Summers, I didn't even know about as a character, but apparently she was a, a battered wife who befriended Emily Bishop in 1978. Um, so she was 75 and um, it turned out that she'd been battling breast cancer for 13 years. Um, so that was kind of that was pretty sad news to, to get um, earlier on this week. And then just recently, in the last few days, we've heard that Doreen Mantle has passed away as well. Um, the, the, most of the news stories about Doreen's death led with the fact that she was um, a friend of Victor Meldrew's wife on One Foot in the yeah, Grave. Yeah. But um, Coronation Street fans will remember her from the classic role of Joy Fishwick, one of um, John Stapes' sad victims who was smothered. Uh, we spoke about her quite recently. But yeah, so she she died age 97 uh, just recently as well. So R.I.P. to both of those. Sad news. Yeah. Happy news to follow up, though. Rumours were right, Gemma. We have got a double whammy of ex-Coronation Street stars for Strictly this year. Ellie Leach and Les Dennis both doing it. Who are we going to support? We've decided, haven't we? We've got a tactic. <laughs> Yeah, apparently you can vote five times for free in the app. So five votes. Yeah. Two for Ellie. Yeah. Two for Les. Yeah. One for Angela Rippon. And we got you got to vote for Angela Rippon. She's a legend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's cool that they're both doing that. So Ellie Leach has said, "Still doesn't feel real that I'm going to be doing Strictly. It's always been a dream of mine. So I guess dreams really do come true." Lovely. Yeah, cool. And Les Dennis, who played Michael Rodwell, bit of a podcast favourite, actually. Yeah. Um, and also mega telly legend. I'm thinking he's going to do really well. I, I think he's going I to... Love him. I I really hope and think that he's going to charm the viewers because he is such a, you know, a oh, he's great. brilliant personality. He says, I'm thrilled to be doing this iconic, wonderful show as I approach my 70th birthday. In my career, I've always gone for a challenges outside my comfort zone, and this is the ultimate one. Can't wait. So definitely very best of luck to both of them um i don't know whether it's fair to um include a champion racehorse on the lineup for strictly this year though you're gonna explain that at all i think you need to because you were explaining it to me yesterday says something about people are editing les dennis's <laughs> wikipedia page to say this. that he's a racehorse he's secretly a horse if you read his yeah about four times it got changed to des dennis is famous tv personality in secret so is it, is it right that has his Wikipedia page been locked for yeah. editing currently? Because people edit keep it. saying he's a he's a, he's a <laughs> secret horse. I don't really know why they're doing it, but it's funny. As long as he thinks it's funny, it's funny. Yeah. I anyway, love Les Dennis. I, I think Les Dennis is awesome. Good luck to both of also, those. Also, Eddie Leach. Well, yes, of course, of course. You don't want to play favourites. No. Right. But so, we have only seen one of them in Panto. 
Yeah, it's true. So we've also got a um, news about Sue Devaney. Speaking who plays of people that we enjoy. Debbie, everyone loves her. Old Debbie Webber. So on, uh, she's actually not sorry. doing much on Coronation Street at the moment. And it was, was it only last year, we were uh, last week, sorry, on the podcast, we were talking about her Feels doing like that show year. in Blackpool. Oh. She's doing lots of extracurricular activities as Sue Devaney. And there's it? another one coming up on Saturday, the 9th of November in Home in no. Manchester. Ninth of September. September, sorry. September. It's coming up soon, less than a month time. So home, we went there with Ian Kershaw um, last yeah. year, didn't we? We just went to a nice swanky um, cafe bit of it. Yeah. But I think it's like uh, it's got a theatre and it's got cinemas and it's got shops and everything. Um, and also, um, it's got somewhere that people can go doing performing arts in, which is what Sue Devaney is going to be up to at half past seven on Saturday the 9th of September. So if you're in the area and you like Sue Devaney too, you might want to go and see this. It's a show called Didn't You Used to Be Somebody? Um, and she's going to be playing a character called Jessie Jackson. Now don't get confused. She's not playing the character of that Coronation Street twin that wasn't actually a twin. You remember who I'm talking I do, about? I remember. Jessie and Joanne Jackson. Another character with the same name. A woman of a certain age with an insatiable appetite for all things bright and beautiful and off the scale bad. I'm just reading the press release here, by the way. A funny, if you couldn't tell, a funny and poignant one-woman performance about suffering, survival, and sweet tooth surrender. I know all about that. Is a story about someone who is a slave to the crave. Oh, God. If you're ever... This week, my my chocolate... um, Gone out uh, of hat, it's got out of hand. You know, it was it was a Toblerone in two days last week. This week, while I've been at school, I have been through a quite ginormous box of Thornton's Continental. Oh my god! I know it's it's pretty. You know, I think I've got a problem. I'm gonna the the picture for um this this show is Sue Devaney in a bath full of cakes and sweets, isn't it? And that's gonna be me before long, I tell you. Um, if you've ever felt disconnected from everything and everyone, or hung out at the poor me, poor me, poor me another pity party, then plug into this tale of twisted compulsions and extremes and experience what happens when the addict self is left to run the show. The poo show. There's a swear word in there that I almost... This is a press press release, a professional press release about performing performing arts. This sounds like a lot of fun. Sue Devaney is an excellent entertainer, so if you can make it there on the 9th of September, I would urge you to go. It's pay what you can. There are tickets available at ten, five, or two pounds. It's pay what you can as long as what you can is either two or five or ten pounds. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's going to be a one-hour performance followed by a and a session with Sue Devaney. Two pounds. Question That's one: true. How are you so awesome? Yes. Easy. <laughs> um, anyway. Love her. You might want to go along go to that. that would be if great. that's not your thing, but you still fancy some kind of Coronation Street outing, you want to do an activity. You're like ten pound, five pound, two pound. Forget that. I'm loaded. I want to go on a tour. Yeah, I'm I want to go on a two-night tour. I want to go on a two-night tour hosted by Inside Soap magazine. Yeah. So next March, between fifteenth Friday the 15th and Sunday the 17th of March, there's this big old Coronation Street tour thing going on. And it feels like it's been an age since anything like this has been organised. This is like, you know, the sort of thing that Canadian fans come I over here to go Canadian on. I think Canadian tours happen quite frequently that I we don't, right. we're not privy to. But this is for people what are born in this country. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually written down the price for this. This was like 600 pounds. pounds. It's quite That expensive. sounds a lot, but you do get a lot for it. So what are 
would you get? You get a two-night stay at the AC Hotel by Marriott Manchester Salford Keys. I don't know where that is. Nor do I. Well, it's this, you know, we know the well, Salford, Salford Keys, Keys is. I know where Salford yeah. Keys is. Including breakfast and one dinner. Not two dinners, well, one you dinner. Don't, you, you, you don't get your hotel get, paid for. You don't want to get fat. You get <laughs> afternoon tea and a glass of Prosecco at Annie's. So that's the restaurant that's, well, the tea room that's run by um, lovely Jenny, Al- Jenny McAlpine. It's not promising that she's going to be there, no, but I don't you never think know. You can rely on that. Uh, we've been there to Annie's many times and only seen Jenny there once. Twice. Did we see her twice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you get to visit the Coronation Street experience, aka Coronation Street the tour, so you get all of that. And here's the big selling point, as if the other things weren't good, good enough. You get to attend a drinks reception and Q&A with Mikey North, who plays Gary Windass. He's a good lad, he is. So this he is should, a good Tell thing. you what, he should, go on, he should go in the jungle. Yeah. He's such a good lad. Um, you get tour of some of the filming locations used by Coronation Streets. They bundle you on a bus and take you around Manchester to see all the sites and, and all, you know, all the places that we've talked about that, that we've visited. Um, and... There's a tour manager as well. There is a tour manager there, To to help answer all your burning questions, like, where's Martha's barge? And when are we going to get to see Mikey North? Yes. It sounds quite fun. I mean, you don't get a chance to have a QA and a with Mikey North very often. Uh, I think that's a real selling point here. All the other stuff, if you're, you know, if you're planning a trip to Manchester, you don't know when it's going to be. Why not take advantage of this? Because although six hundred odd pounds feels like a lot, these trips to Manchester can add up, they add can't up, they? Don't they? We know from personal experience. I've been doing the expenses. I, oh yeah, I was. That was my job yesterday. I was getting all the receipts out for for, my, for all our uh, trips up north. Um, anyway, um, do let us know if you're going to be going on along to that, and if you uh, get a chance to have a chat with Mikey, um, tell us how he was. Finally, Gemma. Here's something else that is not for the Brits, just to even it out. The Corrie calendar for 2024 is now on sale. You have to go onto some Canadian websites for it. Some of you may well remember that you cannot buy the Coronation Street annual calendar in Britain for some reason. For years we've not been able to buy it, have we? I but don't understand this. I, don't, it, I, I, I can't understand. Something, something, I don't know. Okay, but yeah. That makes sense. The theme of this year's Coronation Street character for 2023 was the kids of the street. Yeah. Currently have Nina, Nina adorning our kitchen wall. Um, and next year we have got Corrie for Causes. So it's basically a load of photos of people protesting on Coronation Street. So there's like a page on Toya's bin lorry protest <laughs> from last year. There's another one of her and um, and Spider and Emily protesting Aww. in Elf's Garden. There's Fizz and Evelyn locking themselves in the classroom earlier this got, year. Um, do you remember when Yasmin locked herself in the library? I don't know whether that's in it, actually. Do you think they've be. got the one with Norris and Mary doing singing? And in... they have got that one. Okay. In the in the in the night Those club, are my yeah. favourite ones. They got they got Amy's upskirting protests I love last that one. year. It's you know, it's a calendar. I'm sure have it's going to be great. Have they got Tracy marching thin-lipped through the streets, stapling bits of paper to try to slander Aaron? And supergluing herself to the... Um, I, I don't know, maybe that happened too late. I'm not sure if that's included. Anyway, um, you know, if you're into Coronation Street calendars and you're in uh, Britain, you, if you can get one If you often don't know what day of the week a specific day is, hmm. and it's, it's not just a, for that. It's also got a page on, on, on significant Coronation Street-related dates, like cast members' birthdays and things. Does it? Yeah, then you don't need to listen to the podcast at the beginning. Oh, God, don't put us out of a job. <laughs> anyway, that's quite a, that's a good, good, good range of news this week. Um, 
Anything else? We missed anything? Um, I also you, have... You're tapping around on your phone. It feels like you're about to break some exclusive here to, to us, Gemma. Well, we? you know, I'm just going to tell you that if you buy the 2024 calendar... Yes. Um, I, I think that you can also use it... What? ...for 2052. What? 2052? Yeah. Oh, there's a day that's... A year that's got the same days, isn't it? I think so, yeah. So you keep it off. Don't cross out the days, because if if you come to 25 years' time, you want to use it again. And 2080. Mm -hmm. And 2120. So it could be an heirloom. Yes. Excellent. I mean, think about it. Just think. You only have to think about it. Also, our plum tree is, is... I'm harvesting our plum tree in other news. I think we need to go I've on to the feedback section I've got two kilograms of plums now. off it so far. Michael feedback. doesn't even eat them. Don't like plums, no. Next. Feedback? Next. Okay, welcome to the feedback section. We are nearly there at the end of the podcast, but before that we have to say what you've been thinking about Coronation Street recently. It's not all about what we think, you know. Gemma, would you like to say what the average score was on the Facebook group last week? 3.98. 3.98. That's high. People liked it last week. I'm thinking good. it's going to go quite high this week as well because of Monday's Monday episode. Monday was good. Mm. 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 Do you want to read out some other... I'm just... T- it's usually me. I usually hog no, this you bit. Do it. Pat gave it four grunts climbing sounds out of five. Ugh. Miranda gave it four meatless shrunken hot pots out of five. And... Um, Oh, I don't think this was Ken. I've written Ken here. Somebody. This is why I refuse sorry, to read somebody. this because you haven't written it. Four probably. of Ken's big bells that he gets out at Christmas out of five. You didn't even write Christmas. You wrote Xmas. That's what it was written down as I didn't on understand the Facebook what it was, group. So I couldn't read it out. I haven't got the name of the person that said this. Do you want to go on our Facebook group and find out? No, because you you would you moaned I was using your face. It's pinned to the top of the Facebook group. You go and do that because I've got a message from Jack speaking of okay, Facebook groups that I'm going to read out. He's posted this on Facebook and I've pinched it right off of him. This was his um, thoughts after I think Monday's episode. So says Jack, the future of the Rovers is entirely down to whether Gemma is going to have an affair with Henry. Another good example of a good story becoming a boring, sordid love triangle. The Rovers is never going to go forever, but if this all was uh, is wrapped up by the end of this week, I will be furious. Now, I've been saying for a while how they need to show that real pubs are suffering, and Corey needs to reflect that. Have it closed down. Turn it into a guardianship whilst the developers try to turn it into flats or a vets. This is what happened to my local and a number of other pubs in my area. I work in a pub theatre at the moment that has only two beers on tap because it can't afford to buy in any more stock. And look what's happened with the crooked house. There you go, you mentioned that one earlier, Gemma. Then after a year or two, bring it back with restored glory, but give us some real peril. Give us the truth. We can handle it. It's time Corey got more realistic and then the people would stop seeing it as a joke. We saw inside of the cabin for the first time in years. How is it still open? How? This Rovers story could have started a national conversation that went to Parliament. Lower the beer tax, offer pubs financial assistance, raise the cost of drinking at home or unsociably, save these historic landmarks, tell a story that isn't about who snogged Hill, who, sorry, (laughs) killed Chesney off. Yes. Yes. There's one bit that we can all agree on. 
Corrie clearly thinks so little of its viewers that it has to fill the show with affairs, murders and rubbish jokes instead of allowing real stories to be told. This is harsh. I feels I didn't mean... Like, um, it feels like they're what? only... What? I, you know, I, I thought that this was a very passionate post on the Facebook group which uh, from Jack, which, from is Jack. Why I, which is why I wanted to include I, I want it. Jack for I, I'm Minister. not saying I agree with all this. It feels like they're only following the rules of a soap opera when Corrie was the one who invented the rules to begin with. Do something different. Push the boundaries. Change the world. This is what a national TV show can do. Make headlines. Not just on the cover of TV Times Mag. Also, just another thing. Why wasn't Daniel at work? Do kids in prison also get summer holidays? <laughs> Sorry, folks. I just love a rant. They what probably should, to be fair with them. Hmm? What about Inside Soap magazine? What about Inside Soap magazine? It could also be on the front cover of TV Times and Inside Soap magazine. Do you think that Coronation Street or indeed any of the soaps can do anything again that can properly make headlines? It feels like it's... I don't know when a soap lasted. Corrie feels like it was around Henry's... Uh, not Henry, sorry, Haley's Right to Die story. And that's coming up on ten years ago now. Maybe yeah, it's past ten know. years. I think there's plenty of story uh-huh. is there is there is the rovers closing down is, is it a missed opportunity to try and make a bigger thing of that mm-hmm. yeah probably Gemma has no thoughts on your opinion, I agree your... with a lot of what was said you just you're just acting like you're, you're not defeating a cool you can't be asking me questions <laughs> I'm distracted because you've slandered Pat here you've put four grunts climbing sounds she wrote four grunty climbing sounds oh I think and it, also you claimed that somebody wrote uh, Big Bells he gets out at X-Men he didn't write that it was Chad that wrote that and he did write Christmas you're just writing things down wrong and oh, then sorry, blaming Chad. people on the internet for not spelling also <laughs> I was reading this and I've, I've, no, I, I've never re- I never read these Michael just puts them I don't read these these um Gemma does no work for this podcast. Well, I just don't read them because I want to read the the ones you pick. Yeah, have you got and some I'm better like, ones? No, I, what? No, mm-hmm. I'm just reading. I'm like, what's cow? What's cotwer? Character of the week. Cotwer. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. Anyway, thank thank you, Jack. I, I agree with you. There's a lot of. I just wonder. I just can't believe that Coronation Street is scared of political things because they they meddle in lots of stuff or you know not meddle but they they sort of talk about lots of very important social things but there's sometimes it feels like they're scared of of other things that feel very obvious to talk about i the jack was saying that probably give it some peril have it closed down for a few years and then have it come back i don't know about I, that i don't Jenny's already been given the short end of the stick with with the pandemic and i'd be worried that this you know another two years without the pub running at proper capacity would really put a dampener on her but time as a landlady i am i do agree that you know Jack, jack's jack's right about taking risks and things and i guess you got to put your money where your mouth is if you're going to say take risks and then someone says how about this risky thing and you say no 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 can't you, at the you end of the day that. at the end of the day coronation street could do absolutely anything saying oh will the rovers close down will it be demolished but nobody is gonna think yes that could happen Maybe, I think out of every single building on that show, the Rovers is the least likely yeah. to be bulldozed and turned into flats so, because it's the most iconic building on the street. The so thing, do it with another one. The other thing about it is that you can't do anything to any any of the set without it becoming an instant spoiler because you have tours every week. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. So what I would do, if I really, really, really wanted to take a risk as a producer 
I would do a bit of a Crooked House story on this, which is, I think, the name of the pub. I forgot. Yeah, yeah Crooked House. And also, if you guys are in a different country or you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Crooked House. It, is, it was a, a eccentric-looking old pub that was literally crooked because there was um, subsidence, I think, because of mining underneath it. And then they propped it up by putting a load of bricks one side. So the whole thing was leaning to one side. It was our version of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> and then it got sold to somebody, set on fire, and then immediately demolished, which they weren't supposed to do because it was listed building and everyone's up in arms about it. But if I was the producer and I wanted to do something shocking to get in the papers... I think I would have a story where we really, really did go into Jenny sells the Rovers, sells it to the developer, we get some horrible character in, maybe played by some big name actor, and then I actually would get a JCB in and I'd tear some of it down and I'd let people see it from the flats, everybody can watch part of the Rovers being pulled to pieces and then that would be in the papers and then obviously I'd build it back up again but that would that that is one thing that would get that's a stunt yeah that it wouldn't cost I don't know would it cost loads of money I'm not sure but imagine the the impact the visual impact of watching the Rovers part of the Rovers be torn apart by by um whatever they're called a digger I wonder how much um planning permission from Trafford Council they'd have to get for Oh, doing things like that because all of the extra building like uh, for the precinct for example they cut Coronation Street can't say you know what we've got a bit of space there let's knock up a precinct they have to go through the oh, no, proper channels stupid. and it can take years oh, no. so I don't know whether demolishing something like that is really possible unless they're planning yeah, but years then, in advance yeah but then also you get the intrigue because you get you know I know that people go on the the, the Trafford mm council website to see what planning permissions has been put in imagine if there was a planning permission requested for the demolishment of of a of a pub that would cause so much speculation yeah even that would cause speculation they wouldn't even have to go through with it to to make people yeah they should put on some fake fake planning permission why not (laughs) um right do you want to move on to uh, rebecca's email what has she got to say about last week's (laughs) coronation street you're getting a bit of a frog in your throat aren't you yeah. Rebecca says, first of all, I love Sarah in Wednesday's episode. Tina O'Brien smashed it and I felt her distress that she lost the baby. I wonder if she will concentrate on nipper snappers now and maybe even go to America like she was offered a few m- months back. I also wonder how Damon will come into the picture and I like Michael's theory that Damon will seek revenge on Adam due to him thinking he caused the miscarriage. However, I'm also thinking that Sarah is in danger from Stephen and would he kill a fellow family member? I love David and, and Sarah's scene and David saying the plats would bring the baby up. That was sweet. I agree. Yes. Daniel talking about telling the truth, I think may bite him in the bum when the truth about Daisy and Ryan's kiss comes out. Speaking of relationships, I said a few months ago that Adam and Dee Dee could end up together and now Adam is going to move in with Dee Dee. Nothing has changed my mind. I also liked how they went into more detail about the miscarriage as well as it made it more realistic. I love Jenny this week as well, and I agree. I don't think she will be gone as landlady. I think whoever buys it, which I'm assuming will be Henry's dad, although I would love Henry to be a sleeping partner and pop him from time to time. As I said a few weeks ago, I don't think Gemma and Henry will have an affair as they got Gemma married for a reason, but I think Gemma will be tempted. I like the shout out to Johnny and the remembrance to him from Jenny, Carla and Maria. Just just pausing there. Gemma at the moment is absolutely adamant that she is not going to be wooed away by Henry at all. Do you think that I she's think she going to change her mind? Much. 
I don't know. The fact that they keep talking about it makes me think they're going to do it. You reckon? But I don't want them to. No, I don't. I... Oh, but they're so Couldn't... good together. That's the problem. They make such a better couple yep. than Gemma and Chesney, but I just, I'm so adamantly, vehemently against there being another affair story. I just I just don't want it to happen. Just nice, nice, funny friend scenes. That Many do make... people make a better couple than Gemma and Chesney. Gemma and a bag of cold sick make a better couple <laughs> than Gemma and Chesney. Right, Rebecca says, also, Jenny and Stephen are going to end up together and I can't wait for Tim's face when Stephen ends up behind the bar. But yeah, fantastic to see Henry back. Oh yeah, that's not anything else that we've really discussed today, is it? That's still definitely on the cards, I think, Stephen. Uh, well, because he's saying like, he means he Jenny can't find anywhere to live. And then imagine also if... Um, imagine if Tim was trying to help... Is, did you say Tim was involved in trying to campaign for the Rovers to keep it open or whatever? Imagine I don't if think he, he was. Imagine if he was involved in that and then it turned out that the Rovers were safe because of Stephen, how mad he'd be. Rebecca says, I knew Michael wouldn't like the ghosty stuff, but I don't mind it so much. I did love the Bernie and Paul scene on Friday's episode and I hope we get to see more scenes from those two and I did like them remembering Sunita. Oh, I've read spoilers about well, who Eliza's friend is. I won't say too much, but I agree with Gemma. I like Stu and Asmina's characters, but as a couple, not sure. Don't want her to be with Roy either. Character of the week is Sarah, and I'll give this week three and a half times Stephen was a shark in the boardroom and a killer in the bedroom. Level <laughs> five, Rebecca. Um, I, <laughs> speaking of um, spoilers, we're not going to be doing a cabin extra this week. Some people might be expecting one because there has been something that may well warrant a cabin extra um, coming up this week. But we've kind of gone on to the stance at the moment that we do that when things are confirmed but not rumoured. I've also not got a whole lot to say about it either, to be honest. So um, okay. watch this space for that one. Maybe we'll uh, we'll come to it PBC. later this year. Right, finally, we have our email from Nancy, who says, I knew Adam was planning something when he told Sarah to open the box. I could see the anger on his face. He's been having panic attacks, and hopefully his stress was relieved when the balloon shot up. <laughs> well, that's the main thing, isn't like it? That, yeah. Oh, I feel so much better now. I, um, I often, when I get stressed, I often just blow a balloon up and just let it go. Yeah. And um, it says, it's Damon. <laughs> and then uh, I presume somebody in, in Western Shore just gets yeah. a surprise. Yeah. Coronation Street did a wonderful job with the miscarriage. It was handled in a sensitive manner with all the options presented. And Sarah was so courageous. Mm. I'm not sure she'd go off to America unless Harry came with her, though. I understand why Adam told Sarah right away he wants a divorce. He didn't want to lead her on, even though he wants to have a role in Harry's life. The way that they left things on Wednesday, they were very um, uh, very amicable between each other, weren't they? Well, he was mad when he came home from the bar, wasn't he? With his wild hair, and he was like, yeah, yeah, oh, but, I can do what I want. But after that, we had him taking Harry off to mm. wherever, and him and Sarah seemed to be on speaking terms, so I'm wondering whether they're going to be doing a bit of backpedalling there. I thought I it know. was really weird when Sarah saw Adam, and he'd obviously been out all night, and she's like, oh, been out all night? You know, like, she was talking to him like she would talk to David, almost. Like, if this is your husband, I know that you are, you know the relationship's over, but you not you don't have any emotional reaction to seeing your husband come home after spending all night out, God knows where. I can't where. remember how she reacted. She, to me, she seemed very cool about was it. she? Like, there's literally nothing... Completely she, she divorced herself from the situation. She was crying her eyes out about having lost him. She mm. was the one who had a dilemma 
because she was you know she she was thinking my baby's my unborn baby's life or my husband it wasn't an easy choice for her she was crying about you know having to make this choice and then mm. the next time you know now she's like oh adam where have you been <laughs> Um, continuing Nancy's email the Rovers and Jenny having a storyline is wonderful I couldn't get over how disloyal the Rovers customers were though I'm beyond thrilled that Henry is back too is it possible he may talk his father into buying the Rovers yes it is Rita could offer to loan Jenny some money too or Steamer could help Jenny but he'd need to steal something for it first yeah do mm. it I've just I've completely lost track of Stephen's finances to be honest he's in the hole Sarah may get suspicious because she knows Stephen can forge a letter. Mm. Yeah, I, oh, I th- I've seen lots of people online this week complaining and saying, "Oh, it's so obvious that Stephen's going to be the one in charge in the end, and that's going to be awful." Don't have him of, of the Rovers. I don't think it's obvious. I don't think it's obvious as well, but I really, really want it because it's clearly if he is, it's only temporary. Yeah, I just think it'd be a great little temporary. I just want to see everyone spell. cry. Um, I love the Sunita Remembrance Dinner. The Dev and Paul scenes were wonderful and you could see how much Dev cares for Bernie. Aww. The Paul scenes with Bernie and... Um, uh, Paul the Paul scene and Bernie and scenes Bernie were, moving. were moving too. Thank you. Uh, I'm surprised that Yasmin couldn't tell Stu feels left out. Yeah, she's gone really... <laughs> she's com- she's yeah, gone off the boil a little us. bit at the moment, yeah. Uh, and I love the mention of Ajax and the confusion with the cleaning products. Um, finally, it was wonderful to... They Do you all know, had, what? they didn't have this scene. This thing got cut... But there was a scene this week where Yasmin and Stu went. Yasmin and Stu, because he seems really excited about Age Act, she took him on on the um, Barry Scott tour of Silic Bang and its history. No, she didn't. Which is, uh, which is she's uh, not sensitive enough to do that. Which she is an exhibition that's currently in Manchester City. Centre. It was wonderful that they had a drink on Johnny's birthday. Great to see Carla, Maria, Daisy, and Jenny together, and I loved it when Carly apologised. Carla. Carla apologised to Ryan for accidentally posting his picture on social media that story has completely disappeared this week hasn't it um i'm afraid that ryan is using too many steroids such as more than none. more than none is too many in this situation unless you get prescribed it you shouldn't be doing it i give this week's episodes four (laughs) hard horse bangers out of five (laughs) the character of the week is sarah louise and a shout out to bernie jenny and paul and slough yes um, so Gemma's going a bit crazy, so we're going to end the podcast. I've there. always been like this. Um, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com if you want to get your opinions across to us. Please do, please do. Always love it. Voice and message. Yeah, send us a voice message. Do, leave us an iTunes Send us some review. pictures of things. We've got some pictures. I yeah. Of, um, did you see that uh, Chris uh, emailed us today a picture of his Coronation Street themed guitar? No. Well, you need to see this. He's great. You know, show it's me good, good stuff. Well, you, you go snooping around on our on email sometimes, don't Gee, you? Is that what it's called when I look at our email? Our shared email, yeah. Um, write us a review on iTunes. We are on Instagram. Don't forget, you can follow Corypedia on Instagram yeah, as well now. Heartily recommended. Yep. Um, we are on Twitter. X. We're on <laughs> um, Twitter. We're on X. We're on Meta. We're on, We're on YouTube, threads. Patreon stuff. Um, threads, I haven't even written threads in our little thing. We're here. on Patreon. I, I, it's been like four weeks since we posted a thread. We now. accept checks. Apparently, and we might need to ask some of our patrons to try this out, you can now get your Patreon stream through Spotify. I had to click a little thing that came um, Is that the same week. button that we clicked to get adverts? No, stop going on about it. <laughs> I had to click a little thing this week that switched on Spotify for Patreon. So I don't know. Can you can you get your podcast Patreon feed on Spotify? 
Let us know. If not. Because I never use Spotify. I don't know anything about it. Because I'm an old Listen to us on Amazon Music. We're there as well. Not Patreon there. That's it. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, I hope that um, I was able to articulate in some small way my feelings about why Monday's episode wasn't my favourite of all time. And that I was also able to say the bits that I did like. Denied. There were absolutely some bits I absolutely loved about it. Looking forward to more Henry shenanigans next week, along with whatever Coronation Street may bring. But until then... Don't forget... Goodbye from me. You can steam vegetables... Goodbye from Jammer. ...to make them healthier. Goodbye from But they Abby. taste like crap. See you next week. So don't bother. The music for this podcast came from podcastthemes.com.